Hey everyone, welcome to episode 48 of the Bonehead Podcast, where we talk all things Blood Bowl. Welcome back, and once again, I'm joined by Blood Tithe Ben. Hello, hello. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm really good. I'm. If you're watching this on video, I'm not on camera, and that's because I look like hot garbage because <laughs> the UK has decided it's going to be, you know, 100 degrees today. It has been ridiculous the last few days. On the plus side, it's going to be 22 and cloudy tomorrow. So um, the weekend that should... Reasonable. That just goes back to uh, muggy in English terms. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fine. We've probably got um, we've probably got listeners in like Spain or Italy saying like, oh, you have no idea. <laughs> oh, dude, it's the guys from Australia I feel for, who can't leave Ooh. their miniatures in their car because they melt, which is just Ouch. horrid. Uh, yeah, I think oh, my whole all my Blood Bowl teams are in my car at the oh, moment. Like, dude, <laughs> be toast. I, I did this with um, Ian in Triplo did some three D prints and uh, I bumped into him at Entoyment. He said, "Hey, if I meet you in Entoyment, would you run these to Ian and Rich?" And I dropped stuff off around Ian's, but didn't get a chance to go down to Richard's and left it in my car. And it got really hot for a couple of days. And I was so worried. I was so worried that the 3D prints would go all soggy. Um, fortunately, it's all good. So it's fine. So clearly that's that's not something to worry about. Is that right? Are we okay to leave 3D printed stuff in cars, Ben? Well, the plastic, at least, like the stuff that Ian's using. I mean, yeah. I know the melting point of that is around 190 degrees. So if your car's getting to that level, <laughs> it's going to catch fire problem. anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's good. I was so worried. Like I was sat in my office. And I was like, oh, no. Everyone kept moaning about it being really hot. And I was like, yeah, I know. And then I then it kind of twigged. I was like, oh, this is going to be a problem. Unfortunately, all my Blood Bowl stuff is either in storage or in my lounge waiting to go into storage. So I, I, I'm okay. There's no toys in my car for the first time in a very long time. Uh, actually, that's, yeah. that's, that's not entirely true. The first issue of Mortal Realms is still in my boot because... Um, I got it's excited. Just gaining value. Yeah, just gaining value. No, it's just I just want to paint it, but I haven't got the chance. Anyway, Ben, episode forty-eight. What are we talking about today? Uh, yeah, so we're going to have another Bonehead Basics this time on Skaven. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, and we'll, we'll talk about their inducements as well, um, and the usual games and hobby. Uh, I am excited for this. So, with our Bonehead Basics, we talk through. You guys know this by now, for episode 48, but you know we talk through the team, we talk through league, we talk through tournaments, and we've been waiting to redo some of the originals because we thought, well, actually, when the spike comes out, it'd be great for us to talk through the spike. Well, you know what? A spike did come out. It was Old World Alliance, and we are still waiting for the Snotling one. So a couple of the <laughs> listeners said, when are you going to do Skaven? And I thought, well, I don't mind Skaven. Uh, let's, uh, let's give it a go. So it boosted up the schedule. And um, yeah, Ben... We're going to be talking a load of Skaven stuff today, so I'm, I'm going to be very excitable. Yes, uh, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Right. <laughs> okay, first things first, though. Let's bounce on to news. Okay, it's news time. And, uh, well, there's actually some cool stuff to talk through this time. So, first up, we've got Norbert Miniatures, which I think posted just in the Blood Bowl community earlier today. And, um, well, we had a cheeky look before the episode at some of the stuff they do. But the things we want to talk about are these uh, first four knights of the Bretonian team. And, I mean, are you looking at the looking at the, the pictures of the, the Bretonian knights there, Ben? 
Yes, I am. They're really good. Okay, so we've got four independently posed knight miniatures. One looks like he's taking a running kick. There's a couple punching. Uh, there's one guy clearly blitzing. Uh, the detail is is not insane. Like the poses are pretty, they're pretty basic. But quite frankly, you need that for Blood Bowl. Yeah, and I think there's enough for a miniature. Cause like off, often. I think Games Workshop set the bar with just cramming detail on miniatures. And sometimes, like, you kind of oh, want a little bit there. These look perfect for painting, honestly. They really, really do. They really do. So they've got the classic Bretonian sugarloaf helms. They've got a cheeky bit of, like, mail. You've got the big garbs that you can paint, uh, you know, the kind of like a tabard look. And um, all their helms, they've got great helms. They've, uh, there's a griffin, there's a lion, there's some, uh, uh, well, two griffins and uh, some wings and they've all got a football an american football on there holding it where there'd normally be like a shield or something so it's really cool this is this is a blood bowl team and you know what i'm there there is a couple of pretty good Bretonian teams out there um but they are quite pricey and they are the you know how third party teams have either gone 25 mil the same as the old blood bowl stuff or they've gone um a clone of the Games Workshop current style, if possible, or they've got their own kind of 35 mil length. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, Rick from Club, he's got the, the Dark Elves, that, is it Succubus or something? Uh, Willy Miniatures, you know, they've got, they look taller than the than the, the Games Workshop yeah. stuff. They're just a bit taller and a bit thinner. They look more like the Marvel miniatures that are out than the Blood Bowl yes. miniatures. Yes. These look like Blood Bowl scale, Blood Bowl physique, actual Bretonians and... I tell you what, I love Bretonians in sevens, and I'm just waiting for an opportunity to pick up a team of Bretonians, and this is it. And the most exciting thing is that currently they're teasing, saying there's going to be a Kickstarter for this. 16 people, 16 miniatures for 25 euros. And That's insane. Right. I immediately said to Ben, well, this is this is STLs, surely. Like, you know, that's not bad. Yeah, it's not, not the best. You know, but it's not bad at all. And um, actually, I think Drew Creedy did uh, did put in the comments like, "Is this SDLs?" But we had a look at their website, and it they make plastic miniatures, guys. Can very I, pretty nice ones as well. Can I bounce over? And uh, so I had a look at the Norba miniatures webpage and had a look around. They've got some some fantasy miniatures. They've got some Lord of the Rings ripoff miniatures. Um, <laughs> And the prices are amazing. So there's some Knights of the Royal Guard, which are knights with halberds and, and pole arms. And that's 16 euros for 10 guys? Yeah, that's that's so good. Like, so let's scale yeah. that up a bit. 15 guys, you could say, would be 24 euros. They're saying 16 for, um, 16 for 25 at Kickstarter price. Yeah, all individual as well. This is actual plastic. This could be a team here, a third-party team for under £30. That really does set a kind of bar, doesn't it? That these guys could be swooping in with an absolute winner here, especially if the Blood Bowl team works for humans as well, because, uh, dude... I, I mean oh, i've got yeah. a couple of human teams i don't need a couple of human teams i certainly don't need one more human team but i do absolutely need a, a, a team that works both for bretonians and humans um 
It's really cool. It, so keep an eye out for Norbert Miniatures. We will keep you updated. And uh, I did joke to Ben saying I'll pick up a pack of these so that we can check out the scale and the, and the pro production quality. And I'm going Wait. to be picking up some nice joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Fair enough. Maybe I didn't hide that quite as much as I should have done. Um, but the Knights of the Rural Guard are, are pretty sweet. And if the Blood Bowl Miniatures come out looking like this, uh, I am going to be very excited about this. Yeah, uh, pick up a pack. <laughs> pick up a pack today, uh, <laughs> maybe. But hey, it's uh, they. I think they teased that the Kickstarter was coming September time, so um, I would be surprised if we didn't see more information coming up soon. So that was Norba Miniatures. So keep an eye out for their Bretonian stuff. And uh, the other thing we are going to talk about, we talked about it a couple of times now because Akara have done a really good job getting the information out there for their insect bowl. So this is um, a Bugs Life meets Blood Bowl, <laughs> really. And uh, yeah, okay. yep, the Kickstarter is live. They've set a target of three thousand six hundred uh, pounds, and they're at eight hundred at the moment. And they've got nine days to go. So when you're listening to this, this uh, has only got a couple of days left because our this episode goes out on the eighth, and um, the goal is uh, Monday the tenth. So if you're listening to this and you haven't already decided that you need an insect team. It's there for you. I mean, I thought it was worthwhile just have a look at the price. Uh, the early bird insect bowl football fantasy is £54. Uh, you've got four blitzers, two throwers, two runners, two models of positionals, uh, six models of lines, and one big guy. So what's that? Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Seventeen miniatures and all the stretch goals for £54. And the, the blitzers have got this kind of... Um, I suppose it's a, a cricket or a locust kind of vibe. Um, we've seen, I think, the ladybug, and I think we saw the the, the wasp. Uh, mm. The blitzers actually look really cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, I like that. It does remind me again of like the the evil crickets in Bugs Life. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that's, that's 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 absolutely what it's been inspired by. But if yeah. <laughs> you uh, if you like, if you've got kids who are a fan of that kind of thing and you want to get them into into, into Blood Bowl, this might not be a terrible way to do it. The, the Blitzers 1 through 4, you know what? They could paint up really well and you could use them because they look like Geonosians, I think, from, from Star Wars oh, as yeah. well. Uh, Tau, you know? yeah, 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 Vespids from Tau. Yeah. Um, the rest of it is pretty cartoony. The big guy's not bad. That would work as a standard tree. It's a stick bug. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, and then you've got the coloured renders. So the coloured renders don't help. Um, <laughs> the <co> They're bright. <laughs> They're bright. They have been well sculpted, and I will say that it is a stylized approach. Uh, they are—they look better executed than the shark team. Yes, but the shark <laughs> team had a, a kind of second edition charm. I do like the big guy. I think, but and again, apparently, I, I, have, I have a big guy problem where I just get excited at the prospect of chucking a big dude on a pitch or multiple big dudes on a pitch. And the, the, the tree man works. Oh, there is another tree man. An alternative one, which, eh, hey, look at that. This Kickstarter has released more trees than Games Workshop in a much smaller window. Uh, and they got some cool guys. they got the wizards cool. they got some centaurs, which are some bugs, some slugs. Uh, what else? You do they get got? a lot, actually. That's the, you do get a lot for £54. You do, you do. It's just depending on whether you want it or not. I, I actually like some of the bug miniatures. They look pretty, they look pretty cool. Um, yeah. And you know what? With a decent paint job, that it wasn't massively cartoony. I think this would this would be really cool to play against on a pitch. 
Yeah, it would. Uh, just it, it, it's not for me, shall we say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I can agree. <laughs> okay, next up on the news is something I forgot to actually put in the show notes, Ben. But if we go and have a look at Windsor Chog, he has shown uh, some Ooh, of previews of a new model. But he went back and added a bunch more detail to this dryad. So he's been working on a dryad, yeah. which looks like it would be prime for Willow Rosebark, really. Uh, can we make this full screen? Let's click that button and see if this comes up on our recording. Yeah, it does. Um, and he's added loads more detail. So the the wood has now, like the wood of the, the legs, it's now got a wood finish. You've got wood grain. You've got knots in it. There's a vine around the arm now. There's There's sort of blossoms in the tr in the hair it, this is now this has gone from a, a model that looked just fine before it had the special detail to now this looks like something that would be really fun to paint yeah I, i'm looking forward to this because especially as like we kind of saw the early version then he's where he said uh he's not gonna do too much to this and we thought <laughs> uh, you, yeah i think you should do a bit more to it and then he came around like a day later it was like yeah finished it off and it, and it yeah, did a bit of texture it's phenomenal and yeah. it has absolutely gone from just a bit cartoony and bland. And honestly, because of the proportions, it, it was the first time we've seen something from Windsor that was kind of a bit, oh, it's a bit um, too cliche. Uh, yeah. But actually, the execution is brilliant. And now you've got this forest spirit. And depending on the size, I can see it being strength four. I can see it being a willow. Yeah, and I like... I think it's pretty flexible because being a tree, you know, they tend to be stronger anyway. Like tree men absolutely. are quite small anyway, like, yeah. but they I, have the extra strength. Absolutely. I think it's, uh, I, hey, you know me, I'm going to be picking up this and uh, we'll do a cheeky unboxing. Definitely. The Minotaur was incredibly fun to paint. Uh, in fact, every, mod every model I've got from Windsor Chog has been great fun to paint. So I think this... I'm looking forward to actually painting this using techniques, like actually trying to blend, trying to highlight this, because this looks like a model that would finish really well. Um, but also, if you're a contrast paint kind of guy, 20 minutes, you've got a very serviceable Willow Rosebark. But for the love of goodness, base your models. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I, think, I think you put it really well with Winter Chug, actually. His models, he definitely designs them with painting in mind. I feel they're artist models. They're yeah. they're they're for Blood Bowl, but they are. It, it, you can tell he just loves sculpting and loves sculpting stuff that he wants. There's no release schedule. He's not going after anything. It's just I fancied making a hippogriff today. I fancied making a minotaur, and because he's doing it in a way that he just he just enjoys himself, they come out really well. And the production quality is superb. The print quality and the the sculpt the casting quality is is honestly second to none in the world of, of resin i think yeah um, agreed and that that definitely helps um you've got yeah so yeah check out windsor chog uh, i think we finally run out of the bonehead um discount codes which is a bit of a shame but uh to just support a great company that is um, genuinely producing probably more blood bowl miniatures than games workshop at the moment um <laughs> and i am a little bit yeah. bitter about that but let's uh let's let's talk about games workshop a bit so uh what have we got from games workshop blood bowl wise recently we had the owa we had the old world alliance released um we did a we did a show about that didn't we ben 
Uh, yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. I couldn't remember we had, we did. We had a couple of games. Oh, I remember the games from the stream. That was cool. So we did a show about the Old World Alliance and the changes to Underworld. Um, and we're still waiting on the Snotlings. And it's going... I'm just... I'm getting edgy for the Snotlings. We're waiting on the trees. We're waiting on the Snotlings. And every given... Every, every Sunday, I get excited. I'm like, don't worry, guys. We haven't had Blood Bowl stuff for a while. This is going to be it. And, um, hey, we're recording this on a Friday. Mm -hmm. So we've got a couple of days left. You never know, Ben. This Sunday could be our time. This could be some, some Blood Bowl releases or some Blood I Bowl think it will previews. Be. Hey. It's the week after Indomitus. It's calmed down now. Yeah. It's snotling time. I mean, you guys did say that it's going to be a case of uh, Blood Bowl is second to 40k, which is fair enough, on a, like an actual earner point of view. And you you kind of, every time I said on a Sunday, I was like, here we go. It's going to be this weekend. You're like, not until 40k is dropped. Not until 40k is dropped. Well, you know what, Ben? 40k has dropped. So this weekend, let's have some Blood Bowl releases, even if it's just the trees. And I've got loads of trees now, but I will pick up the trees just to support uh, Blood Bowl from Games Workshop. And um, yeah, I'm up for the trees, but I am definitely up for the Snotlings. Yeah, same. I, I just really want to paint them. I keep looking at them and I'm just like, just give me these tiny models. I want, to, <laughs> I want to abuse them. Hey, there's that element. They look so much fun, but also I'm really excited to find out what the rules are going to be. Um, I just, yeah, definitely. That's the exciting bit uh, for me anyway. But, First um, new team in decades. It's great. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, Old World Alliance kind of snuck in there, but it's a, definitely a hybrid with no new positionals. But this is going to be something really spectacular, I think. Um, it will be yeah. underwhelming and uh, underpowered, but it will be unique. And unique is uh, is good because more Blood Bowl is more better. Um, and talking about more Blood Bowl, we've got a couple of bits from us now. Uh, just want to remind you that Mega Bowl is in three months' time on the 31st of October. This should be our first tabletop tournament since Beachhead in February, obviously due to the mm. lockdown. We cancelled Bonehead Bowl. We cancelled uh, Sewer Bowl 7s. Um, we had a spot booked for Tombstone, but we're actually going to take all the prizes and all the fun and pile it together into one big event. And um, you can take mixed teams. You can take horror teams. You can take normal teams. But there's going to be two games of Blood Bowl 11s and two games of 7s with your roster. Uh, the rules pack should be out by the time this episode airs. I know I've put a couple of drafts out in our Discord and, and some guys are giving some really cool feedback. I'm really excited about the rules. It is not going to be a hyper-competitive tournament. It is not going to be NAF-ranked. It is going to be there for people who have been gagging to play something ridiculous and go and have a great day with a load of prizes and just have a really fun time playing Blood Bowl. And I don't care if six people turn up or 50. It's going to be so much fun. And I cannot wait. And I'm gutted that you are on holiday in theory, Ben. Yeah, I, I, I will be in Thailand if all goes well and traveling is still allowed. Mm. Um, the holiday booked. So hopefully I can still go. Um, if not, I guess I'm mega bowling. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, that this is, I guess, a good time to say that the UK has been coming out of lockdown and that Entoyment were going to be running a 40k event. So Entoyment is a game shop and pool that supported us brilliantly. We, they, they host all of our events and they help us out with pre-releases and things. And they are just a really good retailer, really good local gaming shop and uh, do a great do a great service on the web which is wonderful and they're now 20% off games workshop so they're as competitive as anything else so um if you want to support the show uh support entoyment and let them know that we sent you there but 
yeah, I don't like to shill very often in that regard, but they are a really, they're a really great bunch. They, they really help us um, make content and that's fun. We like that. But um, yeah, they're supposed to have a 40K event this weekend and they're supposed to be trying out uh, ways of social distancing and making things good. I mean, we talked about the last episode, we talked about a the first Blood Bowl tournament that we've heard of that's been run. But with the UK kind of having a little bit of a relapse at the moment, I don't know how that's going to shape up because obviously the the north of the country has been thrust into lockdown again, essentially. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the uh, changes that were going live this week have been cancelled or delayed for a couple of weeks, which has upset Tiff because she was planning on getting her eyebrows done. And now she's oh, she no. can't. I know. She's very sad about this. Uh, she was so excited. She's like, I'm going to get my eyebrows done on Wednesday. And then Boris Johnson rocked up and said, due to health and safety reasons, which I, you know, which which makes sense. Um, but it, we could be in for another tough time. So hopefully this is just a minor blip and everybody will be safe and the country can, uh, can, can play some games safely at the end of the year. However, we are prepared for it to not happen. So we're planning on having that day in person at Entoyment, playing some Blood Bowl. But we're going to have a fumble warm-up event uh, the month beforehand. So starting around about the beginning of October, I'll get the info out towards the end of August and um, it really is just going to be to make sure that we have a lot of Blood Bowl fun and you know what it will be really cool to play a fumble event and then go into the tournament because you actually get a way to play test your teams to see some of the other teams that are going to be uh, available at the event and just hopefully it will be a really cool way to lead into it and then if the event itself does not happen we will have an all-day fumble tournament um, just just available so that you you people who've booked that day to play Blood Bowl, like myself, can still play Blood Bowl all day long, uh, which would be really, really, really cool. So we've got that, and um, I think by now I've caught up with Rob, and we've announced the really, really cool and something that's very new for us uh, competition in 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 cohorts with Secret Carnage, which is a Blood Bowl short story writing competition so insane uh i'm so excited about this rob uh you guys know rob friend of the podcast rob from secret carnage is big on background for blood bowl big on the fluff big on story he's got a wonderful personal relationship with with writing and uh, and reading when it comes to literacy um i think it's something that he's very passionate about because he didn't he didn't get to enjoy it much as a kid so now he's older and he's got kids of himself. He really, really, really loves um, to encourage people to, to read and write and make stories. So he's really passionate about this. And he ran a fluff competition for, I think it was for either Secret Carnage or North Wales Carnage Cup, where he got um, some Black Library authors to, to do a bit of judging. And he's working very hard to, to try and make the same thing happen for this. But let me give you a quick lowdown. I'm sure that if Rob's nailed it all down. This will have been released properly by the time this podcast comes out. If not, then stay tuned. But we're planning on running it from the beginning of August to the very end of September. So two months. We're looking at about 3,000 words, but we're not going to hold you to it. And uh, it needs to be reasonably family friendly as far as Blood Bowl goes. And um, it, it just needs to be about Blood Bowl. And it can be about a player. It can be about a game. It can be about a backstory. It can be about your team. Really, it's just to encourage everybody to get out there and, and practice some writing and build a story. And um, we're going to have some, some cool prizes lined up. Um, I can't 
right now confirm the big prize because it's not it's not nailed down but what uh what we're shooting for is a um a custom pitch from maelstrom gaming mats so the top prize is hopefully going to be you get to design with jack from maelstrom uh, a full blood bowl pitch of your own with with your design really? and everything which i think is a really cool thing imagine that imagine having yeah this is the pitch i want for doing a short story for blood bowl um yeah a, <laughs> that's such a cool way of doing it so that's what we're aiming for i just need to make sure that um it's all nailed down so you would probably already heard whether it's a yes or a no but if not we'll be doing some cool prizes and the other thing that we'd really 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 like to do is um and this is you know you may hate it it may be rubbish and it may be not something you're interested in but for the winner we'd like to do a uh, a narrated version just uh to do an audio not necessarily an audio drama but an audio reading an audio version of your story um because i am so passionate about books and stories but i'm also really 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 passionate about audiobooks and podcasts who knew um and uh i'd love to to do a audio production version of the winner's short story um i think it'd be great fun it might be garbage but that's another thing we'd like to do for a, for a winner or some of the winners um hey, actually yeah will wheaton does really good audiobooks so you, you know <laughs> living in his footsteps don't you? you know i heard that he's done the uh the narration for ready player one yeah that's that i read that that was really good um it's in my aud- it's in my audible queue actually um but yes i <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so guys out there listening, I'm sure you've figured this out already. Uh, you may even be one of the people that's messaged me saying, did you know you you look a little bit like Will Wheaton or you remind <laughs> me of Will Wheaton. I had this kid at work the other week. He was like, Ben, anyone told you you look like Will Wheaton? And I'm like, brilliant. Thank you ever so much. He was like, don't you have a board game uh, YouTube channel as well? I'm like, thank you oh. very, very, very much. This is fun. Just roll with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. So I am Will Wheaton's um, less prestigious British cousin apparently yeah (laughs) but yes that's what's occurring with that but on the world of fumble uh the signups have already gone and we should be well into week one of uh, summer sorcery and we've got loads of fumble stuff lined up for the rest of time because we just don't know what blood bowl is going to be like i just i mean ben are you going to be playing in the summer sorcery uh yeah hopefully uh i need to get my team all together so so do i Uh, yeah (laughs) so do i I, i'm really tempted by zinch but someone else has taken a zinch team um Mm. so i might try something else there is a minotaur team which is pretty ben i think that's yeah that's you all over that yeah i mean i like to play stunty league teams because it's quite good fun you don't get a chance to play them and and it means that someone is going to get a load of casualties which is fun for the event um, but uh, I do like the idea of a four or five Minotaur team just oh, yeah. steamrolling around, having a terrible time. Um, yeah, I might go for that one. How about you? Any secret teams take your fancy? Because I know you're a secret team lover now. Yeah, I'm, I'm tempted, you know, to try the other corn team, the secret corn team, mm. just to see how it compares. But mm. I'm kind of against it because it's summer sorcery and it seems wrong to take corn in a sorcery themed tournament well, or on the other hand you could show him you know he's there the, the to kill the wizards exactly yeah. your corn team so, is there to take out the wizards yeah um, i'll have a think but it might be that one <laughs> uh, that that's a really cool looking roster actually i think those chunky chunky chaos warriors starting with frenzy everybody starting with frenzy uh is uh it's it's gonna be solidly not tier one not like the slanesh team you just ran but yeah <laughs> it will definitely do some murdering and that's not bad at yeah, all yeah. 
who can complain. Well, we're kind of straying into games here, so let's take a quick break and come back with Hobby. Okay, Hobby and Games. Ben, let's start with you. What have you been painting? What have you been playing? Um, I've been painting quite a lot. Last weekend, I thought, nice. you know, I'll try this little challenge with a couple of mates. Um, I, I brought it up, but I, I watch a lot of uh, like hobbyists on YouTube and Twitch and stuff like that. And recently in sort of that crowd, a lot of them are doing 24-hour painting challenges. And they're saying how difficult it is and how draining it is. And I thought, ah, it can't be that bad. <laughs> so I asked a couple of friends saying, do you want to paint for 24 hours? And surprisingly, they all said yes. Oh, I really didn't brush. expect it. Yeah, so we went on Discord and just powered through it. And yeah, we pretty much all did it. Only me and one other friend managed the full 24 hours. A couple of the others had to get some sleep. But you know what? If you want to get an army pretty much done in a day, that's the way to do it. It's crazy how fast you can power through things with just a bit of challenge. So what, what do you think it is then? Is it the challenge or is it the fact that you have set time aside or is it kind of pseudo hanging out with your, with your friends? I think the hanging out is a big thing. I don't know if I could just do it on my own looking back on it because it was quite cool that we were all just there. Like occasionally we'd like dip in, dip out just if you get a bit of too much time with one person. Um, but no, it was like... Yeah, I don't know. It was just it was just really motivating to have a group kind of doing this one challenge thing. I really want to do it again. It's really addictive. One K, one K in one day. Uh, Pretty much, yeah. yeah. That was what it was. No, well, next time I'll be uh, I'll be up for, for for joining in with that. I think. Yeah, I'll do a little bonehead one. Get some oh. Blood Bowl teams finally done. Now I'm sure we have in. a backlog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. The, the old the twenty four teams in twenty four hours, that would be. Uh... <laughs> you nearly did that for sevens, right? <laughs> uh, it felt that way. It really did. It really did. No, it was only four teams. Uh, that was about four hours. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe it yeah. could be done. Maybe it could be done next time. We need to do a charity drive. There we go. We'll do that. Um, wow. Now, now, how did you get these models that you painted then, Ben? Uh, these were all printed. It was a fully 3D printed Chaos Dwarf army for Age of Sigmar with for the Legions of Asgore, which I think are the Forge World army. Yeah, it, they were some cool looking models. The the fire snakes you did were really really they are, cool. Yeah, they're my favourite. Was I it was it heavy was it heavy um, airbrush army or? Uh, yeah, a lot of it, which kind of really killed my airbrush, which is annoying. But um, yeah, the the. Pretty much all of it was airbrushed, and then the the troops were just finished off with a brush. But I love how like you said that that helps. You yeah. killed killed the airbrush. What what did you get in the post today, Ben? Uh, yeah, that was a new airbrush. <laughs> Sorry, we don't have to publicly call out my gear acquisition syndrome. <laughs> I don't know, man. If you're a machine, you need spare parts, and uh, yeah. yeah, being able to print your own army and then paint it in in 24 hours, that's uh, that's a hobby dream. That is a hobby dream come true. Really, yes. really, really nicely done. Like yes, indeed. Thank you. <laughs> now, talking of posts, you and I both got some posts uh, in we the did. way of the Fanaf team. Um, mm. So, uh, you guys may have seen uh, put a YouTube unboxing out there, and um, I don't know. You, you've got yours now, Ben. I was lucky; mine came a few days earlier. And what do you, what do you think to the team? I, I'm actually I'm pretty impressed. I I was really taken aback by the material. I will say that. Right. Um, what do you mean yeah. by that and why? So we both ordered resin for me intentionally. I think you wanted metal, but ordered <laughs> yeah, the wrong I, one. Clicked, right? I clicked the wrong box. Um, it's fine. I'm okay with it. Yeah, it, it's 
it's really weird. It feels more like a rubber. I don't know if you if you found the same. Yes, but it's quite soft and like flexible. I think, I think this is why. Um... I didn't. I don't know. It didn't feel that flexible to me. It looked flexible. That's why I think when I was describing, it, I said the detail looks a bit soft. I mean, the detail is there. It just. I don't know. It's just, whatever they've made it with looks halfway between um, resin and three D printed material. Hmm. It, it's got that kind of element of. Um, looks so, yeah. Yeah, the look feel like, very uh, different around the edge. It's got that pale. Yes. Like the, the very tips of stuff are pale. They're almost not necessarily translucent, but on the way. Yeah, really weird yeah. material. Um, but, I mean, it feels solid enough. The detail is absolutely there. Um, yeah, I feel like it's really not going to chip because of it, because it's so soft. Yeah. I think it, it's going to have like the opposite effect of metal, but which is good. Don't you think the team that the models have got, I think they've, they've got so much character. But yeah. it, it's fun character. I mean, the snotlings that are coming actually fit the same kind of kind of like. This is a fun team. Like I can paint these in bold colors, and this is just going to suit really well. And mm -hmm. I'm really excited to paint them. I built the uh, built the the death roller. The death roller is just awesome. Yeah, I bought him today actually. <laughs> you can pick it up for 15 euros or whatever. It's just uh, it's really good for a death roller. It's I like just, I don't one know. of the best death rollers I've seen, to be honest. I think it is the best death roller I've seen. I yeah. mean, the Games Workshop one is a beast. That's, that's like 40 quid and it's like a monster yeah. and would barely fit on a giant space, let alone a 32 mil base. But this one fits brilliantly. It suits the character. It looks like the old Warhammer stuff. Um, and I don't know. I love the fact that they've got sports helmets. They look, they look straight out of Dungeon Bowl. And it's so good. Yeah. And I was really impressed with my Fanath Frog team. And I've been so impressed with this. Ever since they first showed the first digital sculpts of the Dwarf team, I was excited for this. And now we've got it. Now we've got it. I'm moving house. So I don't have a lot of hobby time, which is an absolute killer because I'm so excited to paint up this Dwarf team, which is a sentence I didn't think I'd ever say. Because <laughs> um, I've been trying to paint up a Sevens team. And uh, I think I'm just going to sack that off and use these instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Because these Painting just... them up is the most, the most fun you can have with a dwarf team. Yeah, <laughs> blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, uh, we, yeah. I did get called out for that for our YouTube video of the last. Is it the YouTube? Yeah, of the last one when we talked about stunty uh, secret league teams, and I put, I, I said, uh, uh, you know, there's even fun dwarf teams, and a couple of people, including Craig Nash, were like, whoa, let's let's not go too far. Let's not go too far. <laughs> um, but though these guys don't yeah, look like sevens, they're not the same monster, so. They you know. are. They are not, and uh, that's why I wanted to include them. But uh, I think people want to see the OWA in sevens instead. Um, but mm -hmm. anyway, unless this lockdown situation clears up, we're not going to be filming that for YouTube for a little while yet. Um, so we've got we've got a bit of time. We've got a bit of time. We paint all together. How about that? Do that. Oh, there if you go. get some time. We'll do yeah. that. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm planning on um, chilling out on Sunday night and doing some doing some hobby if you're around for another Hopefully, hobby yeah. stream. Yeah, I think, uh, I think I might have a family barbecue oh, with the in-laws. Oh, we'll that'd be to... lovely. You can talk about cheese and, and be late to, <laughs> to the show again. <laughs> That's usually what happens, yeah. <laughs> Every time Ben's late for uh, a Discord thing with Ian, Ian's like, you late talking about cheese again, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> Bless. I think it's amazing. I think it's amazing. So uh, you've painted an entire army. You've had some posts. Um, you've printed some cool stuff. You printed me a giant, which is a just... A, Dude, mm. that's like so good. Thank you. <laughs> no, I, 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 you know, I'm really disappointed because I thought on 
an episode on Bonehead Basics, Skaven, there could not be a mention of that word. And we're only... Well, by printing me a giant, you've, you've set me up for a failure. I can't not say. Sounds like, sorry. should I redact that? Should I just bleep it out? That's going to confuse a load of people. Just bleep out the giants. <laughs> uh, you know, one of the listener questions for Skaven is... Uh, ooh, actually, was it giants or was it wizards? I don't know. I feel like I'm guilty for everything. Oh, there we go. Ian Triplo. Should you take a wizard? All right, not a giant. I would definitely take a giant on a Skaven team. But, you oh, know, yeah. I think that's just, a, well, I don't know, depending on whether you want to win a lot or just a little. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We'll talk about that in a bit. So uh, I did get a chance to do a little bit more on the minor tour. We did it on the stream. That was cool. I've been doing some hobby hangout streams. It's been a busy week. I've been packing up the house and everything um, and decorating our new, our, where, we're, where we're headed next. And uh, it's, yeah, that's been real life hobby, I suppose. Got the Fanath team, got to play with those, and I have I got in the post recently. I'm not sure if I've got any more Blood Bowl stuff in the post. Um, I'm excited to see this Windsor Chog thing. I'm excited for him to release that so I can buy that. But I'm just I'm just waiting for something to buy Blood Bowl wise. Um, yeah. Which is come on Games Workshop. Yeah, I know, I know Games Workshop. Oh, you know this this Bretonian team is looking. Yeah. That's something I would be very excited to buy and paint. That's definitely going on the hobby list. Mm. Uh, oh, oh! Do you know what else is on my hobby my hobby list at the moment? That. We've had some really, really, really good entries for the wizard and spell competition. Oh yeah, ah, uh, there's 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 some good ones for um, endless spells as well. So actual using models of the spell or the wizard on the pitch, and uh, this was kind of fulfilling my dreams of had adding new models to a blood bowl team. <laughs> So I'm really excited to go through those. We'll be going through those next episode, and there's just some there's some great stuff, man. We had we've had a great year for for, for listener design stuff, haven't we? We started off with giants that was really yeah. strong. The big guy one was brilliant as well, and this spells one. Games Workshop, if they're going to listen to anything that we say ever, it's going to be us talking through our listeners' ideas for spells because they know what they want, and I think. There's some there's some overpowered stuff because uh, you know that's fine, but I don't think Games Workshop are that afraid of overpowered stuff. We need, we want more spells, and this is definitely a route um, we're taking. Yeah, I'm really grateful as well. Like like I think something that really excites me with this is and other things that we've done in the past is like usually my my ritual is I go I get into bed I look at these and I start reading them and it just gets me so excited to hobby for like the next day or like talk <laughs> about the game. It just Honestly, it's fantastic reading all of them. Oh, this is the problem, and this is the problem with looking at the secret league teams as well. Um, they just there's just a way to incorporate almost any miniature into Blood Bowl. I feel like that's like my crusade uh, is to try and find the best way. I mean, you know, we even had one guy design a tank giant this year, didn't we, Ben? Oh yeah. Actually, we had two guys design a tank. Uh, you did the Lehman Russ. Well, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think we had like a, a goblin tank. Uh, entry as well. Mm-hmm. Oh man, we definitely need tanks in Blood Bowl. That would just be the most Ben thing imaginable. I'd just be <laughs> so happy. Tanks. Just, just yeah, giant tanks in Blood Bowl. Giant tank Blood Bowl. <laughs> oh man, that's a game I'd play. <laughs> right, voice narrated giant. Yeah, okay, Karen. Yeah. All right, hobby wise, uh, that is it for me. Um, got any games in Ben? Uh, no, no games. It's yeah. Just sort of waiting for the summer sorcery, really. Oh, man. I had a big, 
I had a really big fumble match, a big fumble win, actually. Um, yeah. Uh, yep, yeah, in the zombie, in the A Zombie BL League. Hopefully, I should have my next game on Tuesday against Monic, which is really cool, Monic B. Uh, but played this game and I snuck out the win and uh, it went very, very, very well. I ended up winning 2-0 in the end and I got the first strength up on a zombie. I have now got the only strength for zombie in this all zombie <laughs> league. Like, oh, it's so good. Somebody else has got an edge 3 zombie, uh, which I can't, remember. Uh, I, can't remember, good. I can't remember if it's Matt's BBL or whether it's Eric, but somebody's got an edge 3 zombie. Uh, which I don't know. I think a strength four zombie is better than an edge three zombie. Oh yeah, but okay. only, only time will tell. So I'm, I'm at two wins and a draw so far. So I'm second place in the league, um, and it is just so much fun. And I mean, we've talked about limited leagues before. And in fact, another one of the listener questions was about like, is there such a thing as a Skaven league? And we'll talk about that a little bit more in the next segment. But uh, I. That's the cool thing about Fumble is that you can squeeze in an hour every two weeks and you can play uh, something special, something that you wouldn't normally play. Uh, for example, a crazy bonehead Fumble tournament or just getting together with a bunch of guys who are all as mad as you are and playing some kind of limited format of Blood Bowl. And just it, it's helping with my positioning. Let me put it that way. I think I think if I pick up Kemri uh, or when my Vortice team arrives... Yeah. I've learned some stuff about Edge 2. Um, yeah. I'm yeah, just... Richard's a bit of a Kemri master, isn't he? You might be able to give him a run yeah, for his money. Yeah, he's, he's played some really good games. He's played some very solid games of that. We've got to watch a few, actually, because he streamed them um, yeah. on that, which is really, really, really cool. Right, talking of things that are cool and Edge 2, there's no Edge 2 on Skaven teams. There's Edge 4. So let's, uh, let's go have a look. Let's go talk Skaven. I have a very clear set of teams that are my favourite teams in Blood Bowl. And Skaven and Ogres are two of my top... I'm going to say top three so that there's a wildcard slot so that I can ramble on and chuck in another team there at some point. But I love Ogres because Noblas are just the best player type. But one of the top best player types is the Gutter Runner. And if you want Gutter Runners, well, I suppose you've got Underworld now, which is exciting. Gutter World. But Skaven, the Skaven team is just one of the most powerful teams um, without being a dirty Woodolf player that you can run I think I think in in, in my ranking of Blood Bowl teams uh, Skaven are right up there I think they're, yeah. they're, they're tier one in every way and they've got bash they've got dash and they've got uh, quite a lot of toolkit that they are a really interesting team it plays differently than every other team it's got vulnerabilities that are really they really has vulnerabilities but overall it is a solid team um, yeah, I think when you play them, your games and the way you play that, like you say, it's very uniquely Skaven. Yeah, there's a there's yeah. definitely a Skaven way to play. And th there are different tactics with it. You can run a, a bash team rather than a dash team, but it will not be as good. So I think that's the other reason I love the Skaven team is because you can do just ridiculous things. You can play solid Blood Bowl with them and you can take on the Tier 2 challenge and drop all the gutter runners or take a Rat Ogre Blitzer build where there's no edge for you're just smash mouthing through with really interesting linemen um movement seven on your line means that this is probably the fastest team in the game 
um, yeah. you know, bar oh, wood yeah, elves, definitely. bar wood elves, and it's just it's just a really cool team. So Skaven are the Ratmen team, and it's time for Bonehead Basics, and I just I'm oh, I'm excited for this one. So Ben, you've played against Skaven, you've played with Skaven, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's Had a weird. few games both. That's in league and tournament. Yes. Yeah. I haven't played too much in league, um, but played I, against them plenty. Have I not yeah. played you with my Skaven team in league? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I've played against them in league, played with them in league, oh, not as much. Yeah, uh, yeah, fine. Yeah, well, you were doing some uh, some tournament training, ready for Bournemouth Bowl at level yes, up, weren't you? Exactly. Just before yeah. the the lockdown, which is sad, but it does mean you you've got some some blood bowl experience there with the Skaven team, and I love Skaven. Skaven are my tryhard team. I think is is probably the way to put it. Is when I want to win or when I want to play and really compete. Skaven are the team I go with and uh I've got a reasonable record my league team is <laughs> is is up there uh with regards yep, to stats. win percentage I actually haven't I should probably brew them up let's have a look at the never Bay nightmares uh I've even got a mug with my <laughs> with yeah. my team's logo on that's how pro Skaven I am Right, never Bay nightmares. There we go. This is the wobble. This is my wobble team. I haven't got the picture up on screen. Uh, right, I am 23 wins, 7 losses, and 5 draws for a win percentage of 65.71%. And this, this is, this is the... Right, I'm going to read my stats now because I'm just so proud of this team. Touchdowns for 90. Touchdowns against 50. So I've got a plus 40 touchdown differential. Obscene. Uh, which is, I'm I'm pretty happy with that over a total of 35 <laughs> games. That that means I've got you know plus one, which is which is pretty good. Uh, kills two four two against. We haven't tracked kills until the last season, so um, I think many more players have died than that. Casualties four forty three. That's mostly down to Buzz Justice, my star blitzer. Uh, yeah. Casualties against eighty three. That's mostly down to every Skaven player I've ever given kick. Or guard. It's very, very, very sad. So a minus 40 casualty difference. And I think that sums up Skaven, that my casualty is plus 40. Uh, My casualty is minus 40, but my touchdown is plus 40. And I cannot think of a more Skaven analogue than the fact that you will sacrifice a player for a touchdown every single time. Even in the lore and in Warhammer, you know, they're like the epitome of glass cannon. Oh, absolutely. And they've just got people that you're happy to send to die for the win. Um, and yeah, so I've got a couple of absolute beautiful players, and one of them did die. One of my Adge Five Leap Wrestle Dauntless Jump Up Gutter Runners did die. Queef Bitter Nest, thirty-three touchdowns. <laughs> uh, I got I got a couple of move ten guys as well. Oh, such a good team. Oh, I miss these guys. And Buzz, you gotta have a couple of movement ten. Yeah, what are you doing if not? And Buzz Justice, Mighty Blow Frenzy Claw Tackle my Blitzer. 24 casualties all in. Oh, he's only uh, he's only 12 points away from the next level up. Ooh, wow. Probably blame. the final one, isn't it? Uh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Okay. Yeah, he's got he's got two more. In fact, one of my gutter runners is only one SPP away from leveling up. He's movement 10 sprint and sure feet at the moment. Uh, oh, man, I cannot wait to get back to club and bust out the Neverbay Nightmares. 
Anyway, I got sidetracked looking at my Skaven team. So let's talk Skaven. So what we're going to do, we're going to do the classic Bonehead Basics thing here. We're going to break down the player types. Uh, we're going to talk about how to develop them in League. We're going to talk through some standard League builds, some League tactics, and some tournament stuff. Then we're going to take a little break and we're going to come back and talk about inducements and uh, listener questions because uh, we did put this out in all the social media channels and say guys what do you want us to what do you want to know about skaven and uh, we've got some really cool ones including in triplos do you take a wizard and uh, yes so more on that later so let's start at the very 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 beginning we've got linemen 0 to 16 skaven linemen 50k each which is a bargain 7337 and no skills with normal uh just general but mutations on a double which is pretty cool pretty cool thing this entire team gets mutation on a double nothing special on the single but they do have that so bear that in mind that another wonderful thing about the skaven team is that you can have very unique players um mm -hmm. and you can get that mutation in there which is really really sweet so skaven linemen they are not the best but they can absolutely do stuff um ben you've played pact haven't you renegades chaos renegades yeah. uh, yes the Skaven lineman in a Renegades team is a pretty good play, a good, pretty good piece, isn't he? Yeah, you say they're not great. I think they're probably my favourite lineman, they... and I'm saying that because they're so cheap for like, <laughs> a fast unit. They are cheap, so they're human lineman with one less armor and one more movement. Mm -hmm. I guess, I guess for me, the reason I say that they're not great is because of how you use them in in the skaven list i think if your team if you've got these as a position or your team is all skaven linemen which i don't think would be a terrible team if you were doing an all linemen league um oh there's one for the list as well ben <laughs> all linemen league um because they go on the line because you've got your gutter runners you've got your blitzers and you've got your throwers or thrower uh and you do not want those guys on the line really because they will take a kick in and you need to keep them alive. So your linemen go on the line and they go on the line to die. That armor seven, the fact they don't come with, with, with block or anything like that, they don't have a strength advantage, they are easy targets and you are willing to sell your linemen to keep the rest of your team alive. Um, and that is probably the most apparent vulnerability of the Skaven team. Like you said, Ben, they're a glass cannon. Uh, the Skaven team's vulnerability is attrition. Uh, yeah. Their positionals aren't that expensive, but if you want if you want a full lineup of cool stuff, you're going to have eleven players uh, to start with in a league, and even at a tournament, you're only probably going to have twelve or thirteen. And when you're putting strength three, armor seven, skillless linemen on the on the line, you're going to lose a couple. Um, you're going to lose a couple, and then as you lose those players, you end up having to use your skilled pieces on the line, which reduces your flexibility. Fortunately, Skaven can easily score with seven players on the pitch. Easily. Yeah, and I think that's why I like them so much. Because like, once you've got that initial bash out of the way and taken that, like, I, I don't know, I kind, of I kind of value movement a little bit over armor. And that's because movement you can use every single turn. Armor comes up every now and then. So that's kind of why I like it. And I think having this movement seven, like you say, if, if they do survive, which they still will often, not you know yeah. not as much as other teams yeah. but they will they're just suddenly just going everywhere and like you say you can have five players those five players can score really fast yeah uh, you know what you are very right movement seven if you are in the middle of the pitch you are you can be anywhere in mm -hmm. your in your half 
Um, so the throwers, which we'll come to in a second, they're also movement seven. The, their catchment area is the entire backfield. It is a 15 square by 15 square radius with a single thrower in your backfield. And having those linemen having movement seven, they can exploit gaps in the line. They can redeploy really quickly. Um, and if you're Ben, you just take those horrible three plus dodges all of the time. <laughs> It works every time. Oh my god! For you, it does. It's so stressful. <laughs> uh, I will dodge with the lineman. I'll roll a blooming two. He'll die, and uh, his armor will fail, and he'll just catch fire on the pitch every single time. <laughs> so I don't know. I just have a bad rep with linemen. Um, but let's let's talk skills. So Ben, for you with your with with Skaven lineman, what what's your what's your wish list of skills? Well, like you say, even though it stresses you out. Um... No, actually, actually, no. I, I, I would, I would always take block on them. Like you've got to take block on them. I was going to say I do like having dodge, but it's harder to get. Yeah, it is. It is. So on a general, so, um, if you, there is no way to not have Skaven lineman on the line. You only get two blitzers. So even if you go with a two blitzer and a rat ogre build, you're putting all of your fight on the line, and they're just going to get mobbed if you just leave those three guys there so you will always have to put linemen on the line and them having block or wrestle it's entirely up to you which way you go with it i'm a fan on wrestle for linemen um yeah why is that well you're being you're up against dwarves the dwarf throws that block he rolls the block both down um you are much better off going to the ground and taking somebody with you because no one is going to foul a skaven lineman uh, it's mm -hmm. just not worth it. They've got the rest of the time to do that. You're going to lose the tackle zones, but those linemen are on the line to literally take up a square and just take some punches. So I like wrestle. I like it for a defense as well. You said they're movement seven. So a lineman yeah. with wrestle is can still be a reasonable offensive piece or a defensive piece, really. He can still jump in there and sack that ball carrier. If you still get that... moving as fast as a dwarf normally. <laughs> so... Moving faster than a dwarf. Uh, well, well you, you mean if he stands up? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Wrestle is a great skill, and uh, I would probably take more wrestle on linemen than not because it will protect them on the line. Yeah, it leaves them vulnerable on the ground, but if they've got nothing better than to foul a lineman, you know what? That lineman was just going to get passed around and destroyed on the line anyway. Um, it, it works better against blocking linemen, I think, because it just trumps them, like, it's much more of a nuisance for someone's blocking black orc or their dwarf blocker to block you and then them both be prone than it is for your guy to be left standing for their next player to take another block at you um yeah very true and uh, being a nuisance is very skaven so oh, it's very 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 skaven however the very first skill you should give your lineman for skaven it just is kick oh of course it's got to this? be kick <laughs> I thought, I, honestly, I, I thought I'd set you up for it. Yeah, I'm honestly just disappointed in myself. <laughs> I was expecting, you know, it's like it's like printing me a giant and expecting me not to say giant. You know, it's... it's... <laughs> <laughs> right, kick for Skaven is so, so important. Um, I say it's important. You can do just fine without it. But if you want to unlock your team's potential, being able to control where that ball's going is just, it's just a recipe for win more. And yeah, it's diff it is difficult to level up a Skaven lineman. Uh, it, it really is. They just don't do a lot except get punched. But every now and again, 
the chosen one will appear and uh for the few games before he dies because eventually your kicker ends up going on that front line and it's not a good place for your kicker to be um i think i've gone through like four kickers in my skaven league team it's very sad but even in a tournament build taking kick it, you can control where that ball goes and you and i have talked about kick a lot ben uh you, yeah. it gives you the flexibility if they're a slow team you can pin them back at right yeah, in the corner it, it really when, when you're a team with mobility it's essential i think i, I just think it gives you so much control of the game it gives you so much but also if they're a fragile team you can pin that ball really close to the front line so if they spread out so against a stunty team for example or even dwarves or kemri they have to spread their players around to be able to envelop and catch that ball you can either pin them at the back and it's going to cost them three turns to get it to the line of scrimmage or you can drop it close to you and just try your very hardest to blitz through and just collect that ball and mm -hmm. i tell you what if you position well with a kicking player and you roll that sweet 10 blitz that game is yours uh oh, and that is that. just yeah it's the it's the it's the nut draw it's so good so kick will enable um just so much control over the game and i'm going to come back to it ben said skaven are a glass cannon they're a team that has very little in the way of resilience but you only need a little opportunity and uh, just you only need a little opportunity and a little bit of luck and you can just boom capitalize on it immediately and kick is just going to double down on that um, however your kicker will die uh, <laughs> your kicker will die uh, right to get a piece and get another one Not well terrible. eventually yeah fortunately the mvp rule of pick three roll uh, a d3 will does help you with that it does, um, yeah. but trying to get those spps on a normal guy is, is can be tricky because you've got so many you've got some sp you got some spp hogs in this team right ben doubles stat ups what do you think for for skaven linemen yeah i like like i said earlier i love dodge and that's just because the play style of the team really helps you out with that like i would take dodge on a double on a skaven you have the op options of mutations and mutations can be really good and i think if you have like wrestle maybe something like horns could be good to give you kind of a sacker horns two um, heads to give you that plus one uh, yeah dodge in there um, there's so many good options they can take it's agility strength past me they can take a lot the lot so i think it depends on the build of your team but linemen at skaven linemen in particular can be whatever you want them to be they're gonna yeah. they're gonna take two skills to get there and if you get one double and one regular skill they can become whatever you want you can make another blitzer out of them you know they can get block and then you can give them another skill that will do something useful if you get the double you can go for the mighty block you can go the mighty blow you can go for claw um if you want them to be dodging around if you get the double you can take dodge you can take two heads which is pseudo dodge and mm -hmm. gives you that plus one agility you can take disturbing presence just to really really upset i mean disturbing presence and having a guy on the line uh is really going to support you with that with a short kick if you drop that ball near one of your guys if you've given him disturbing presence you're going to have an you can have an even better opportunity that that ball is going to be left around where it is um yeah i agree with you man dodge is good uh guard is very good as well yeah. i i don't normally recommend putting guard on an edge uh, on a strength three armor seven piece but if you're gonna have a guy on the line having guard isn't bad because it will help protect your other guys but with movement seven you've got a mobile guard piece and your blitzers are really good and chucking you're moving seven around to support your blitzers with guard you've got you've got another blitzer in the making 
Um, yeah, I think especially if you've got a rat ogre as well. Oh, I yeah. think guards really handy to have around because frenzy is a thing. Oh, absolutely, frenzy is definitely yeah. a thing, and that will help. So, if you if you get doubles on alignment, you can really do whatever you want. It is okay though to just take the boring way out and go. Oh, you know what? I'm just going to give him wrestle or block to make him stay alive and actually be a better offensive piece or to take that kick because it's going to enable the rest of your team now we talk about this so much uh when we talk about star players and we talk about inducements we talk about getting things that will enable your team guard does that kick does that and yeah the linemen are there to die on the line keeping them alive will help you in numbers but they have the movement to be special players as well so yes. yeah, you're, you're going to come to love your linemen, and it, they're going to be very, very, very sad when you when your star gutter runners die. It's going to be sad, but they're gutter runners; they die. When your linemen do special things, you kind of you kind of learn to love them a bit more. Um, <laughs> it's very sad. Right, let's talk some positionals now. So the Skaven Thrower, uh, the Skaven Thrower is seventy thousand seven three three seven. Uh, so same as alignment, same movement of seven, which is pretty sweet. Normal agility and pass and sure hands with general and passing access um, and ASM for for double. So I mean, in your Skaven list, Ben, are you, are you pro thrower or not? I love having the thrower. Yeah, I am pro thrower. I I'm a big fan of one. So yes. <laughs> it's not Just quite it's not quite as divisive as the orc thrower, but it is no. it is up there because. Oh, agility three. Agility three with sure hands is just asking for it. <laughs> but you're not a fan of this, though. <laughs> well, you know, uh, it, I'm just cursed for it. I'm just cursed. So, but for twenty k more, you get a guy with sure hands. In the build, you do end up with a little bit of money left over. You might as well. Any time you can upgrade a lineman to a thrower, is it's not terrible. I would probably only take one, and you're not going to be passing very often. But with sure hands and the pass skill, um, what you do end up finding is that seven squares of movement followed by a three or maybe even six square pass, hitting on a four plus with a reroll or a three plus with a reroll, can just enable your gutter runners and you've got four gutter runners but if you can't afford a thrower or your thrower goes down or well nuffle forbid you have to put the thrower on the line uh your gutter runners do a better job of maneuvering the ball agility four they pick up the ball on a two plus they pass it on a two plus three plus four plus five plus you know gutter runners and you've got four you can still use a gutter runner to collect the ball while three are on the line ready to race up um yeah I, I don't know i think i disagree i think from what i've I, I mean you've played them a lot more than i have but from my experience the throw has been really good and i i have made the pass rolls i think i think three plus when you can do the three plus passes with the reroll. yep i think they are really good and but you, you do make a point where often you're just in handoff range anyway with the speed yeah but sometimes your gutters are already quite deep like you might have been in an advantage where you can really have one move round. And I've done like a, a four plus pass with the reroll isn't terrible. It's not seventy five percent chance of success. Yeah, like you say with this team, you need to really capitalize on the opportunities you're given. And sometimes the opportunity is your thrower has the ball, a gutter runner's in range to score, which isn't difficult to do. And you can just do that pass because you have pass. I, I think it I think it's a big deal. Yeah. 
that's what I mean by if you get the opportunity to, to take a thrower or two throwers poten potentially instead of a lineman. So if you're doing a standard build for a tournament or something and you get a choice between taking a lineman and two fan factor or a second thrower instead, I would probably take the second thrower because when you've got two throwers, movement seven, sure hands, pass, and four gutter runners that are just an absolute beast on the pitch, you get so much stretch ability. You get that stretch play is just absolutely there. And you're exactly right. Swooping in with sure hands, even making some three plus four plus rolls with a re-roll, um, it gives you that reserve stretch play. But the, the Skaven thrower does get dropped quite a lot because what you end up seeing is you see three runners on the line um, in the wide zones, either spread or together. I'm a big fan of keeping sort of three together and having... I keep one gutter runner back mid pitch and a thrower back sort of a little bit further that's how i receive the ball the thrower can then swoop in pick the ball up and if it needs to hand off to the gutter and the gutter can then swoop up and pass it to the other gutters who are on the line and you get like a really good you get a good way of um, getting a pretty reliable two-turn touchdown play now mm -hmm. we'll talk about actual tactics for teams and whether to kick or receive um in a bit but a thrower with five gutter runners gives you so much flexibility. And if you get the opportunity to pick up a second thrower instead, it's not bad. Um, it's not bad at all. Ben's exactly right. So skills for these bad boys, Ben, what are you thinking on a regular? So that's general and passing. Uh, leader's always nice. Leader, leader is, is fantastic. Nice. So in most Skaven builds, you're going to end up with three rerolls. There is the Ratoga Heavy, the heavy Skaven build, which only comes with two rerolls. Uh, getting that leader for a third reroll is pretty great. I do not mind having a fourth reroll um, for a single skill on a thrower. In a tournament, them having access to leader is really important as well um, because it can get you that extra reroll because even though you're doing you're doing a lot of stuff with gutters and you are pushing this team, this team is blood bowl with NOS. Uh, you, you're, redli <laughs> you're redlining it all the time. You're, you're taking opportunities you jump in into places you shouldn't try and jump into. You're trying to grab the ball because it's a four plus and you feel like you should give it a go. Having that third reroll, having that leader reroll spare as well just means that you can capitalize on that opportunity and go for their stretch play. You know, because the gutter runners, uh, yeah, Ben's right. You can you can throw it to them on a three plus, four plus with a reroll, no problem at all. But you cannot catch with a reroll because they don't come with catch. So that team re-roll there to receive the ball uh, to make that risky block having that extra re-roll is really important um, you can get away without it but it doesn't hurt so i love leader on a thrower i think ben's ben's really really right there um, but you know what a lot of people are happy with block as well yeah yeah definitely like i think similar vein to the orc thrower which is quite a popular skill there it just sort of stops them going down every now and then it's that extra bit of protection. Um, yeah, they usually will have the ball at some point in the game, so it does protect you from that. Yeah, when you've got a sure hands player, it's yeah. just it's just too easy. It's just too uh, too good an opportunity, especially with movement seven. Um, other passing skills that could be useful. You could, accurate isn't terrible, mm -hmm. but one skill I really love on a thrower uh, is kickoff return. Um, Ooh, you do like this. Yeah, you introduced <laughs> me to the Skaven kickoff return play. So. Uh, yeah, well, it gives your thrower essentially movement 10 when you're receiving the kick. Um, and that means you can put your fourth gutter runner on the line, which is going to massively help with whatever you want to achieve, whether you want to go for a spread offense and just have four runners deep and then 
you know, be able to take that stretch or pass play later or go for the side cage or the launch pad tactic. Uh, the more gutter runners you've got loose, the better. And having a cheeky kickoff return skill means that your, your thrower is going to be able to pick up that ball um, and still be able to move four, you know, three or four squares afterwards and redeploy, which is going to help you with their pass rolls and just help you bring it up. Skaven are all about speed. They, the, the attrition ability is really tough. Um, and you've got to score as quickly as you can, really, because your other opponent's team, they, you could be facing against a bash team, and that bash team is going to take turns to walk up the pitch. And uh, at that point, all you have to do is gum up their movement, and they just run out of time. You just clock them because you've got that cheeky quick score, and uh, you can just clock them. So having kickoff return where you can just enable you to more reliably get that ball quicker... It just, it's win more, and I like the idea of winning more with Skaven. If you want to win more, then I do not, I do not overlook kickoff return. Um, I, I've not done well with my throwers. Uh, I tend to, we, we've had to do some redrafts, and I've dropped my throwers um, to keep the superstars, which are the gutter runners. But leader is a solid skill, and kickoff return is a solid skill as well, because both of those enable the team. Do you value them more in a tournament setting to a league setting because them dying isn't as big a deal? Uh, what throwers? Yeah. Um, Would you take them in a tournament build where you have usually have a bit more cash? Like they're a bit of a no-brainer then. Absolutely, or... I'd probably still only take the one. Uh, yeah. Because you've got if your if your thrower goes down, uh, you've still got four agility four players, so you can still move the ball, and the rest of your team's just as fast anyway. Um, mm -hmm. But I don't know if you had an extra twenty k, I wouldn't be against taking double thrower build just for maximum capability. Uh, they're a great player. They're just yeah. overshadowed by gutter runners. Um, and you said that the Skaven linemen are so great because they're cheap, and yeah, it feels a little better putting a fifty k person on the line to die than it does a seventy k. <laughs> um, yeah. Even if you don't need them, even if the thrower is not achieving anything. Having that throw on the line to ready to take the, the, a free punch against him just feels wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. It's like uh, an elf on the line, isn't it? It's exactly that. It's exactly that. But right, these guys, if you're picking up uh, agility or strength or movement, it's all really good for throwers. Um, strength mm -hmm. four, a strength four sure hands movement seven piece is really good. Like that's, I would buy that. I would buy that with mm -hmm. cash money. That's a sweet play. Uh, edge four past sure hands. Then you are seriously cooking on gas because then you've got an edge four thrower and four edge four receivers. It's just filthy at that point. If you can get that agility uh, knock up on a lineman or a thrower, you are in. You're in for a really fun build. Um, mutations wise, big hand is not bad because uh, if you get a double, you you got that sure hands. Then it's just sure hands two plus. Um, is it two plus? No, it's just sure hands three plus forever, ignoring all tackle zones. That is incredibly useful. I think uh, you got one over from playing Cinch, didn't you? Oh man, kind of, yeah. it, I've never considered it before, but uh, it it could be really useful. And you know what? Extra arms is not bad either. Um, yeah. Plus one to catching pickups and things like that. It's kind of a, it's kind of pseudo edge four, 
Um, but your throwers are used to maneuver that ball. They can carry the ball, but normally what they do is they just look after it for a bit. They're the denethor of the ball carrying <laughs> potential. They look after that ball for one or two turns before they give it to someone else to score. But if it all goes wrong, movement seven shorthands is a is a is a ghoul on a good day, isn't it? So yes. that's pretty great, and that's the fail case for these pieces. Um, anything else for the throwers there, Ben? No, no, I think that's it. I, I, I do like them. I do like them. They have a definite role. If you had a Skaven team that was just linemen and throwers, you'd still do very well. Yeah, you'd <laughs> still a lot do about the team. very well. Right, yeah, but this is it. This is why the Skaven team is so exciting. I think this piece here gives it the their identity. Um, and it is the gutter runner. So not to four gutter runners and this is 80k which is cheap for a positional with movement nine strength two agility four and armor seven they come with dodge and weeping dagger which is a uh, hardly ever seen um and general agility on a normal access i would probably say the gutter runner was the second best positional in the game second to the war dancer yeah because the war dancer's and uh, armor uh, armor it's strength three uh the vulnerability yeah. of the gutter is that it is strength two and it is armor seven so the gutter runner relies on dodge to keep it alive and you know what dodge works two die block against someone with dodge is is you know akin to a one die block it, it's fine they can they can they can get away with having strength two because they've got that dodge unless you run up against tackle uh, then you are in a pickle. But you've always got four gutter runners um, because you very rarely don't take four gutter runners because movement nine is almost unfair. I I, I agree with you them being the second best. I just think these players are never bad. They're just never bad. I've, yeah. Every time I've used them, they've just been obscenely good. So I've got a couple of experienced gutters. Uh, one of them has got 124 SPP, and I do lose gutters. They die, and you know mm. what? The new one tends to skill up quite quickly. Um, you know, realistically speaking, you gutter runner. If you've got a league team, a gutter runner could be leveling up after the first game. It's just two touchdowns with that gutter. Um, and that is not a hard thing to achieve. If you're doing, if you are in a league, if you're deep in a league, you can do team management and you can make sure that the gutter receives the ball. It is a bit of a stretch, but actually you can stack up your offense to make sure that the new guy gets the ball and gets that touchdown or the new guy stays deep, picks up the ball and goes for the cheeky two plus two plus catch for the single SPP to get you that opportunity to give him an MVP to get that first level up. And the reason the first level up is so important for gutters is because they just go from good to great in a single skill and it really doesn't matter what skill you give them but ben you've got a gutter runner it levels up what are you thinking first of all with these guys um so when i had them i went boring and gave them block because bludging gutter is you basically do have a strength two ward answer now well that's it so you're relying on dodge to keep these guys alive they're gonna get hit you can try and protect them but because you've got four of them that is quite a huge amount of your team. That means you've only got seven other players on the pitch and you, you will not be able to protect four gutter runners at once. Um, one of them is going to be, be, be eligible for a blitzing, for a jolly good blitzing, or you're going to have to use one of them or two of them to base somebody that you need to keep in place. And it's awful feeling to use a gutter to base somebody because you know they're going to get free block. But if they've got blodge, 
they are really well protected. Uh, it goes mm -hmm. down from, you know, it goes down to a one in six chance on each dice for them to actually get hurt. At that, it's okay for one go. Like, it's all right. That is exactly the same as having straight three block at that point. Uh, yeah. And that will keep them alive. But for the love of Nuffle, for the love of the, the horned rat, don't leave your gutter runners in bases with people unless you really need to. But the ethos of the Skaven team is sell your players up the river for the win because that's what Skaven do. Uh, and even if you've got a real all-star guy, it, it just, they are replaceable. All of Skaven are replaceable, except the guys with kick. Poor, poor kickers. Um, <clears throat> you know, if you lose a gutter runner, even if it's a special one with, you know, agility five and some magic powers, uh, you'll get another one. You'll get another one. And it will do great things because vanilla gutter runners are really, really, really good. They will do everything you want them to do. They just get better with skills. And I think that's why, that's the key thing of kind of why these stand up so closely to ward answers is because, because of that price. 80k is affordable. Yeah, where well, ward answers so, are 120. Your yes. ward answer goes down. You are waiting three, maybe even four games to replace them with a gutter yeah, runner. Too, expensive. Yeah. You're not bad. You're not. You know. You can. You can. You can pick one up. It's only a few hundred more than alignment, um, and you get four. So you can. You can lose a gutter runner, and if you if you, if you can't afford to replace them, you can still run riot with three gutters and a thrower, mm -hmm. uh, and. Oh, yeah. To be realistic with you, in a game, if you are running four gutters, you will lose one during the game. To a KO, hopefully just a KO, you may get one casualty, you may get one murder death kill to get a little cheeky rat-style MDK. You could lose, You will lose a gutter. You'll be performing at some point with three of your four gutters. Uh, that's enough. Uh, that's fine. Like No worries. Uh, sometimes on offense or... On offense, I always go with four gutters because I want to maximize my movement, my agility, my ability to move that ball and get scoring in two turns. That's my goal. Then you can hopefully, if you've got the players on the bench, you can swap them out. And on defense, I try to play with just two gutters because you just need to stall and then strike and then have the gutters there for a stretch play. But you can score so reliably as Skaven, you don't need to score on defense. All you need to do is stop them from scoring in defense. But you've got two gutters on the pitch, up to four gutters on the pitch. You can make that opportunity. And even if it goes wrong, all it's going to do is make them scoring even harder. You can yeah. score. You're going to score. No worries. Like, <laughs> you know, it Skaven can go, always scores. Basically. And... Uh, yeah. Swapping gutters with linemen will give you that strength. It will just help keep you, um, help keep that attrition, uh, help keep you, it maximizes your opportunity to slow down that team. But onto gutters, block is not bad. You get four of them, which means you will get four opportunities to roll something special quite quickly. And when it comes to gutters, strength is awesome. Strength three, he then becomes your sacker. He is the guy who will ball hawk. He will fly around, he will dodge into places, and he will be able to get that sweet block. If you don't get strength, it's okay. You might roll agility, and let me tell you, there is nothing better than an agility five gutter runner. Because, oh, at that point, he's going to farm touchdowns. He's going to farm completions, and he's just going to keep leveling up, and he's going to unlock some unfair potential. Yeah, um, suddenly the uh, sidelines are open. You know, oh, you're in a square on each side of the pitch. Everything is open at that point. And talking yeah. of everything being open, movement 10 
is not bad at all either. Oh, that's what you want. That's 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 what I, I always take movement ten on the gutter. If, if you get it, that's brilliant. So there are a few really great builds for gutters. Um, the first is, like Ben just said, movement ten gutter. You take the movement, then you give them uh, sprint, and you've immediately yeah. got a level three uh, player that can one turn touchdown from the line. Mm-hmm. Movement ten, and then three go for it. Obviously, sure feet and sidestep will support you in that. Um, but having the ability to one-turn touchdown is just going to ruin so much of your opponent's plan, especially if they pull out and successfully perform the 2-1 grind. You've got that opportunity of picking up with a gutter runner on a 2+, handing it off to the gutter runner on a 2+, and then moving 10 squares, probably taking a dodge, probably on a 2-plus with a re-roll, and then rolling three 2-plus go-for-its for a touchdown. I, yeah, and failing the last one. Well, always failing. You know, the trip with the trip wire <laughs> yeah. at the end zone, absolutely. But look, you've you've got at that point, you just you are always in it. You are always in, and um, yeah. So movement ten, take it, get that one turn touchdown scorer. Um, no, just don't even worry about it. Edge five. Edge five is interesting because it can really open up what you want to do with the gutter. If you've got some good movement with gutters already, then uh, having an edge five leap is sweet for offense and defense. Um, so if we look at my star player at the moment, Mr. Bitternest, he got uh, jump up first. Uh, no, he got edge five first, then leap, wrestle, dauntless, and jump up. So. His 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 game plan is to two plus leap in anywhere, take a dauntless dice against the ball carrier and uh, wrestle them to the ground, allowing that ball to come out and someone else to swoop it in. But you know what? You take that one die block, you might power out and he might just be able to edge five, swoop in, pick it up. It, it, it also, yeah. you know, it's a movement, you know, movement nine, two plus leaping player. If you need him to just jump over stuff and score... It's a two plus, and then he's a two plus dodge away, and then he's just down there, which is why uh, he has scored thirty three touchdowns uh, of the team's ninety. So a third of the touchdowns scored by this team all time is this guy, and you can see why. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's just such a powerful piece. But if you get that edge five, follow it up with leap is not bad at all. Wrestle will be offensive block will be defensive so if you whatever you do with a gutter you can use wrestle because they will be able to get into places and even taking a negative two die roll with wrestle you've got pretty good odds to to drag the player down because at that point you know it's only skulls everything else is good for you um and that's that's fine and that i think is probably a key thing to remember as a skaven player is that you can use that edge four dodge to get you in places and then a two die negative block is not it's not always bad especially if you've got wrestle that player can go down and then you've got a whole bunch of other pieces to swoop in and get that ball um so yes when it comes to gutters you've got the movement 10 speedy one turn touchdown you've got the standard guys who start with block for defense and then you just see how the rest of your gutters perform and where they develop and you've got the possible the potential of a ball sacker so if you don't get agility but you do want to go for a ball sacker dauntless wrestle uh is not bad and even leap with edge four i mean it's great 
you know war dancers do it um yeah you got you get that potential to just strike at the ball carrier no matter what's going on and take that bad die block with wrestle to pop that ball out and whether it's a, an elf team or a dwarf team if the ball is loose your opponent has got to roll dice and it only takes a couple of failed rolls in a turn for you to time walk them they lose their turn you get to try again and all you're doing with skaven is either scoring or doing what you can to cost them turns because if you get to play eight turns and they only get to play five because they've had to do things like try and pick up the ball again you're going to win the game because you got to play more blood ball than they did and that's that's so key with skaven so gutter runners are yeah not bad not bad any anything special that we've not mentioned about gutters i i think that's that's pretty much it it's just they they are really really good You've got mutations on doubles as well. Horns isn't bad. Um, extra arms, two heads. They're all things you can do, but it depends how you want to go with your gutter. You've got the speedy guy, you've got the ball carrying guy, you've got the utility guy, and you've got the ball hawk. But every one of your gutters is going to get an opportunity to be something special. And uh, it's only 80k if they die. So that's not bad either. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think you really covered it. Like what we we're saying is you can really build Skaven in any way. And the gutters just add to that. Yeah, they there. can become really good sackers as well as really fast scoring pieces. Well, that's what this guy is used for with that cheeky edge five leap wrestle dauntless. Boom, ball carrier is going down. But if you don't want to use your strength two piece to take the ball carrier down, there's always your nought to two skaven blitzers. Ninety thousand seven three three eight. Finally, we've got some armor. Um, only two guys. Only two guys on the whole team with armor eight. But these guys do come with block and general and strength. So. They are human blitzers. They are exactly the same as mm -hmm. human blitzers, which is good, actually, because I one of my Skaven blitzers is actually a second edition human blitzer model that I had in my, my human team, Buzz Justice himself. <clears throat> is he a human? It's a human model, yeah. It's, uh, it's, one, <laughs> of my, it's one of my oldest Blood Bowl pieces, um, and it was painted in my original green and yellow Green Bay Packers color, and uh, I just... Buzz Justice. He's just been Buzz Justice. He's been on all of my Blood Bowl teams, really. That's hilarious. <laughs> and because the stats are exactly the same as a human blitzer, I had him on there, and it works just well. So, blitzers are your only block pieces to start with. Um, what you're doing with the blitzers is you should, in my opinion, very rarely put them on the line. Only put them on the line if you're on offense, and what you want to do is line up everybody on the line and dominate. It's not a tactic I'd normally go with Skaven, but if you're up, if you're winning, if you've got the opportunity to farm blocks and just hurt, then absolutely. If you've got the Rat Ogre build with Skaven Blitzers and you're in a dominating position or you just got three turns to score and you don't think you can do it because you've got no gutter runners and you just want to murder, you can put your Blitzers on the line and take use of that block. But these guys skill really well as well. So general and strength. Ben, what are you thinking of Skaven Blitzers? Um, see, I like guard on them a lot. Absolutely. I think that that's mainly because like we're going to get into it, but I like the rat ogre and like we kind of mentioned it with the linemen, having just little kind of support pillars around your team is really useful. Um, and that's kind of how I view these as kind of pillars of support rather than your main offense. If that makes sense. And and having armor eight, it makes them the only piece that uh, you can 
you can risk. Uh, they're they're going to be okay. They're going to be okay. They can have a brawl. They can take the brawl. And this is the really interesting thing about the Skaven roster is where they've got four gutter runners, they can only take two blitzers, which really makes you feel like you don't have a lot of defense. You, you guys are really vulnerable. So blitzers, I tend to have one striker, one actual blitzer. He gets murder skills. So he gets mighty blow frenzy um claw if you can swing it uh dodge if you can just to help him be mobile and strike the other one guard so if you want your team to perform really well really quickly the first blitzer gets guard and then it just makes the rest of your team slightly stronger which will yeah. keep them alive and will help you farm more spp for casualties um, but the other blitzer, I would definitely gear up to be a striker. So if you get those doubles, Claw is brilliant because you're going to need some removal. And this is this is what I use Buzz Justice for. He went Mighty Blow, Frenzy, Claw, and Tackle. So he removes things. And Fireborn, my uh, my other blitzer, he's only got 10 SPP because he keeps dying. Um, he gets guard. So they hunt together. He guard moves in, and then you've got a guard piece, which, like Ben says, that will enable your gutter runners, that will enable the cheeky two-die block, because you've got guard on the other side of this guy. Boom. It's now a one-die blitz, you know? And you chuck in Dauntless on a gutter runner. It's then a two-die positive blitz with wrestle. Yeah. It really I, I they, changes the numbers. I find they fit the role of a tank. Like on, if you have, <laughs> if you picture like an old, like the classic MMO, yeah, you have your tanks, and I feel that's what they are. They're like the front runners that kind of set up the rest of your team to do everything. They're kind of like a pseudo support role, like like I was saying, but they can go into the sort of the off tank damage form. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. That's how they feel on the team. Absolutely. They're, just like, They're your yeah. brawlers. They are your blockers. They are the ones yeah. that can do the fighting. Um, and but again, along with this Skaven build, is they can they can carry the ball really really well. Movement seven block armor eight. They can carry the ball. You give them dodge. They're maneuverable as heck. Uh, you give them claw mighty blow. They'll murder stuff. You give them uh, guard and and whatever. They become excellent support pieces. So blitzers, I, I do find that they don't always survive because they do get in the thick of it. And you know armor eight's great, but when you've only got two guys with armor eight. They're, they're going to get a bit of a punching. Uh, but Guard will enable your team quicker. Mighty Blow, Claw Frenzy will allow you to, once per turn, have a very good shot at removing one of your opponent's pieces. And if you can keep that attrition battle even, uh, it helps protect you from your, your, your core vulnerability, which is that at some point you're probably going to be setting up seven players. And that is uh, it's significantly tougher. Can be, you can definitely do things with Skaven with seven players, but it just makes it a lot easier if uh, they've got seven players as well yeah. um yeah and then we're going to talk about the big boy which is uh which is ben's favorite piece on this Ooh, team yes. i think is the rat ogre uh so one hundred and fifty thousand. so one of the most expensive big guys in the game six five two eight so the armor is a little lower than eight but movement six for a big guy is pretty tasty and he's got some skills too. Frenzy, Loner, Mighty Blow, Prehensile Tail, and Wild Animal. And Normal Access is a strength. Ben, talk to me about Rat Ogres. Well, it's no secret we love Bloodthirsters. Mm. Um, these guys are kind of like Bloodthirster light. I, I just, I, I really like the Rat Ogre. I think, you know, not everyone takes them. I think most of the 
competitive Skaven builds probably wouldn't take them because yeah. usually you're sacrificing two gutters to take one. Um, Cost-wise, it's a tough, tough squeeze. Yeah, uh, but I think I just think they're cool. I think I think the most important thing is putting a giant, a giant rat ogre in the middle of the pitch is just visually awesome. That's why I like them. But I think also they do have a, a fitting role, like especially if you can get some guard on your blitzers to yep. kind of back up the frenzy. These guys can really tear a hole. Like, and if they skill up, and oh, we can talk about that in a bit, but. Man, I think these guys really open up paths for your the rest of your team to break through. So the Rat Ogre is a, another divisive piece. Um, because they're so expensive, you have to give up quite a lot with a starting Skaven list um, to get them in there. Now, the sweet spot for a tournament build is around 1150 to 1200 So 1.2 million. Uh, you can take your full 1,000 standard build, which is four gutters, three re-rolls, all your positionals, and a rat ogre at that point you've got the best of both worlds because a rat ogre and two blitzers could do some serious damage um but when your rat ogre and two blitzers need to be a mobile pack of three and you've got four gutter runners who need to be a mobile pack of not dying that's seven players that leaves you four other players to soak up punches uh your rat ogre if you want to deploy them on the line you've got some support will help with attrition because uh, a frenzy mighty blow on a strength five piece is going to do some work, uh, but also having that strength five armor eight is probably going to save you alignment. So just in uh, death, because having that strength five piece with prehensile tail, so it's keeping people in base contact as well. Um, it's going to save you some of the punching that you would have to just leave alignment in base contact with two black orcs just to keep them busy. I would much rather leave a rat ogre in base contact with two black orcs <laughs> uh, because those odds are much better and mighty blow is going to peel them open a little bit easier. Yeah, and with wild animal it kind of frees your blitz because if he's not in base contact he's probably going to be wanting to eat the blitz when uh, this yeah. team has a lot of good blitzes. Uh, yeah, I don't mind blitzing with a rat ogre. Uh, no, and often it results in great things, but <laughs> I just, yeah. yeah, I um sometimes you got to blitz with the gutter to get them out. Sometimes, yeah, and, but rarely and, or like. And you're right. At that point, you've got that bloodthirster situation where I yeah. don't get to activate this piece. So I think I think you're right, Ben. I think the rat ogre is suboptimal. We've got two Skaven lists to talk through in a minute, and one of them is the rat ogre build. It is the ability to win is less with a rat ogre. The ability to murder, have fun, have a real brawl, have a tighter game. You know, if you've got if you've got the gutter runner build, you're looking at a three-one victory. Um, is a reasonable score. If you're looking at a rat ogre build, it's going to be a one-nil or a two-nil grind out. Uh, and that's another beautiful thing about the Skaven team is you've got the ability to to tone it down and take a different style that is is still fun. It's still a challenge. Um, it's really interesting. So the Rat Ogre gets strength, so obviously guard is great on it. Um, the downside of the Rat Ogre is that it can get mutation, but it's only on a double. And then you're fighting, do I take block or do I take claw with the double? Uh, I I would always take claw, and that's only because uh, you can always just put Juggernaut on a single. You're exactly, that's you're my exa opinion. You're exactly right. If you're going to be blitzing with the Rat Ogre, then Jugs is not a bad skill at all because it's got Frenzy. You know, 
you roll the both down, you push them, you have another go. And if you've already got claw, then if you got rolling four dice, maybe even six dice at that point, you get a much better opportunity. And claw mighty blow is a 56% success rate for breaking that armor. And yeah. That it means every other turn, if you're if you're hitting somebody, you're removing a piece. Even if it's just a stun, you're gonna net that casualty, and it limits your opponent's ability to do anything. Um, so the Rat Ogre is a very cool piece. It doesn't see enough play. Um, we'll do it tournaments because it's a solid piece at that point. But in league, your team tends to bloat, and you tend to lose players. And you need to spend that cash. If you lose a Blitzer, you've got to buy another Blitzer. If you lose a Gutter Runner, you really should buy another Gutter Runner. And you are going to lose some of these players. So the ability to save up 150k to get that Rat Ogre is actually a real challenge. I've only really achieved it once because uh, my Skaven team dies hard. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we did the silly redrafting rules and uh, I, had to, I couldn't bring them back. Um, because I had a bunch of gutter runners that were like 150 to 200 K. So it was more fun to keep them uh, rounding this list out. You get apothecaries and you get 60 K rerolls. So let's have a quick look at two league builds here, Ben. Uh, yep. Let me just have a look at the show notes. So there is, there is the standard build. I think this is the build that is the most popular and can do the most things. It's four gutter runners, two blitzers, one thrower, three rerolls, four line rats. That takes you to 930k um, and gives you your 11 players straight up. Then you get 70k to play with, and this is really season to your liking. You can take an apothecary. I would recommend taking an apothecary because you will save money in the long run if you can keep your gutters and you can keep your blitzers from dying. Uh, Which they will. Yeah, yeah. Or you can take a second thrower slash uh, another lineman to give you that 12th player. Um, I, I would rather take the apothecary early, keep the gutters healthy, give you those wins. More wins is more money, which means you can you can tick up. You can pick up a lineman every now and again. Um and the cool thing about this list is that as your linemen are only 50k and your linemen are going to miss games, you're going to have journeymen. Um, and the great thing about journeyman rats is you chuck them on the line to die, but occasionally you get a good block with them and they get a casualty. And because they're only 50k, you get an opportunity to just free roll a player that can go straight into an MVP for 50k. Yeah. I, I cannot recommend this enough that you know if you keep that 50k in your treasury because you may get a journeyman line rat that gets uh, an incidental casualty at that point you're closer to getting your kicker you're closer to picking up your next potential blitzer or positional for your skaven team so do not overlook that um because line rats can be great with any skills you get kick you get strength you get whatever we didn't touch on stats sorry for the the blitzers but uh movement eight isn't bad strength four and edge four both of those are amazing uh, the movement eight you can take it or leave it but i would not mind a movement eight blitzer uh definitely worth considering for extra 30k yeah movement eight blitzers are not bad as well it just increases your speed so yeah, i'd always take that over armor always Oh, oh yeah, never take the armor. That's just uh, 
maybe if they're like this is their last level up and actually it's going to keep them alive for longer then yeah it's pretty cool but otherwise no so that is uh the primary league list that that's your that's your list at a thousand a thousand tv a million whether you're going to a tournament whether you're going to a league that gives you the core skaven build but there is a different build if you want to do something a little bit different a little bit spicy uh this is the rat ogre build that's recommended five linemen one thrower two blitzers the rat ogre uh then this is where you suffer you can only afford two rerolls and two gutter runners so yeah you can take it at a million um but you are you've got the fight but you've got two less gutter runners and you've got one less reroll now if you're looking at a low level tournament build you can recover that easily oh sorry this includes an apothecary um but you can you can recover that easily by uh throwing leader on the rotor or on the thrower if you want that skill you can also tweak the list ever so slightly as well you can drop the thrower replace it with a lineman and uh drop the apothecary as well and pick up the third reroll. but then you are playing a real you're not playing to the strength of skaven you are this is the essential thing can you imagine taking a human roster but dropping two blitzers so you can take the yoga yeah, that, that is pretty much what it is. Isn't it, it is exactly like that. It, it is suboptimal, but it is it is a good fun challenge. Now, Richard Saxby tweaked this ever so slightly, and what he did was he took the Rat Ogre, two Blitzers, no gutter runners at all, chucked in extra linemen, and took that third reroll. He wanted to just see how Skaven played without gutters. They're not as good. They play like worse humans. Um, but faster humans it, it's an interesting build and you know what you can get some you get some serious murdering on the go with a couple of blitzers and some rat ogres uh but you are playing uphill at that point it, it's it's fun it's fun to try something different i mean i'm a big fan of trying um like all lineman lists and things like that just to mm -hmm. actually add the challenge uh taking a no gutter skaven list can definitely be done but if you're playing to win or playing to really experience skaven don't don't worry about it. I would definitely recommend that that first build with four gutters, two blitzers, a thrower, three rerolls, four linemen, and then a, either an apothecary or another lineman um, or another reroll. It, it just it's up to you at that point what you do with that last bit. But you're either going to end up with eleven players in apothecary or twelve players. Really, you're just going to enable your team. I mean, what do you think? I mean, if you have a if you have a really cool rat ogre model that you love. I think that at that point, <laughs> it's worth going for the, the Rat Ogre. But I, I do see what you mean. You're, you're going to have a, a kind of a better experience without it in a league and then maybe run it in a tournament instead. Uh, yeah, I think tournaments are really, really, really fun for Skaven. And uh, the reason for that is because you get a, a real serious arsenal of star players and inducements. And because you get so much for a million, when you get more cash to play with, you can really expand. So if you've got an 1100 build, you can fit a Rat Ogre in there. You just drop a line rat and have a Rat Ogre. If you take 1200, then you get the Rat Ogre and another lineman on top. And it just really, really comes in. And that's without even looking at star players. And Skaven have some insanely good star players that we will talk about in a minute. Uh, just wanted to have a look at a couple of uh, questions here from you guys out there. Richard Preston asks, are throwers worth it? They are worth it. Uh, because if you've got four edge, uh, yeah, four edge, four gutter runners, um, 
being able to leave them on the line and go and do fast things while you've still got somebody else able to move the ball as well, it basically feels like you've got an extra gutter runner at that point. Um, Craig Nash says, squishy, squishy rats and horrible gutter runners. This is all I have to say on the matter. Yeah, fair enough. I, it's hard, hard to disagree with that. Uh, Ollie the Norse says, uh, why do I have issues injuring Skaven? So let's talk, let's talk tactics about Skaven for a little bit then. Um, if we haven't already covered this before so the vulnerability of Skaven is attrition they will lose players you can still score but you lose players you're going to end up losing two to four Skaven a game just through knockouts just it just it just happens the cool thing so this is Mustrum this is he's a he has a Norse extraordinaire uh, and really takes opportunity to do horrible things with the uh, with the claw yeti and claw does nothing to this team except the blitzers and the rat ogre so that's one other advantage is that claw teams so you, they don't have any benefit playing against skaven so that is yeah. that is one minor advantage doesn't I come think. up often, but when <laughs> yeah, it does, it yeah, makes a, a big difference. It's really quite satisfying when they're they've taken claw on their player, or they're using their claw frenzy guy to go and take out players, and it's actually just not getting anything. Uh, yeah. It's just not not achieving, not achieving it. Um, Richard Preston also says, if a line rat survives long enough, what skill do you bother putting on him before he does die? That is kick. That just describes kick and the situation that I always have with kick on my guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, tactics for a skaven: do you kick? do you receive what have you found works for you ben uh i receive every time and that is just because i well actually okay there's logic to both i think kind of like an elf team often defending with all your players is quite good because you rarely get to defend with the full team yep um however i think with skaven you kind of just want to score before your good guys go which they will so often I find like receiving just lets you get one touchdown and then you're on the front foot. Absolutely. And that puts your opponent like in a stressful situation where they focus on killing your guys. You're, you've already got the touchdown, so it's all good. That is exactly it. So the thing is with Skaven, like Ben said, is they are, generally speaking, very good on defense because they've got the movement and the agility to really capitalize on a fumble. So your opponent, if they get a turnover, if they drop the ball in the open, if they go for it and fail, if they take a pass and they fail, if they leave it slightly open and you get a hit on that ball, uh, it's not hard for a, a gutter runner to scoot in there, get the ball, give it to another gutter runner, and then that ball is just miles away. Like It mm -hmm. doesn't take much for you to get that, that opening. Uh, it depends on what team you're playing against, but as your team develops or if you've got a few skills, I... I think I'm with you. I think I always receive with Skaven um, because, like you said, Ben, it's useful to be able to defend with all your players. But I tell you what, if you score in two turns, you're not losing any players. Um, yeah. You know, you, you might lose one line rat or something and you're going to be able to recover from that because all you're doing at that point is you're playing a 14-turn game, but you started with one extra touchdown. So mm -hmm. it, it kind of... it. it like you said, it puts that pressure on your opponent and then they have to do stuff and that allows you to, to do two things on defense. So stall, stall your opponent out, not on the offense, get that touchdown and get your SPPs, get that touchdown, make your opponent play fast. Then 
you've got the opportunity to either kick deep or if you've got some good skilled players or, or you've got the opportunity you can kick short and just play at the line of scrimmage to try and attack you get one defensive touchdown with a skaven team that game is yours um but if you score quickly and then just stall out that offense until they leave an opening you're going to swoop in there straight away the 2-1 grind doesn't really work with skaven um, if you receive, if you kick the ball away, you've got a great opportunity at defence at a defensive touchdown. Ben's exactly right, um, but you are then going to go into the second half and score in two or three turns, and then they are going to get to grind on you. Uh, so I, I like, I like the the setting the girls up on the line, receiving the ball, getting that ball up there, scoring by turn three, just getting that done, because then you've got fourteen turns to 14 turns and two drives to to get a single turnover and score against your opponent that's it then the game is away you've got two touchdowns up on them and it takes a serious game to get that up there uh so yeah that's that works for me and i think my final piece of skaven advice is the same advice i give for every blood bowl situation and probably every game i've ever played so magic it comes from magic really which is play to your outs okay if you've got if there is a sequence you can see give it a go um because it only takes it to work once so deploy your players to set up ready for failure set up here to, to to go and say you know what if this blitz works the ball's going to come out over here and i've got a chance then to swoop in i'm going to roll a lot of dice but it might pay off it will pay off you can set up three or four turns in a game where if your dice go well you get the ball and you can score and you know what that's more likely than you imagine and your fail case yes your fail case could be that your gutter jumps in there punches a guy actually trips up and dies that sucks but you haven't really lost anything. Uh, no, got a few more. Yeah. Middle case is you jumped in there, you punched the ball carrier, you both went down, your gutter runner died, but they've lost a turn now because they have to re-maneuver and pick up that ball, which means that next turn you get another go to jump in there and pop out the ball. And let me tell you, when your opponent is one nil down and every turn they're having rats throw themselves and pressure the ball carrier or pressure <laughs> the cage, it is horrible. Uh, it's more scathing than that. Off, just that's then it. just swarming them just that that little swarm of just i'm just going to keep throwing these guys at you and uh and achieving because skaven can do some incredible stretch plays and they can score some serious touchdowns and if you deploy like i said play to your outs play so that if you get a cheeky bit of luck you can swoop in there and capitalize i played one horrible game uh, against rich at entoyment first time we played it in toyment a couple of years ago when we were scouting out he we played a league game i brought my skaven he brought his pact and it was five nil in the end it was it wow. was it was horrific it was just because i was like right i'll deploy like this if i get a good roll here i can pop the ball out and then this guy here is close enough to swoop in and get it and it worked and then I deployed again and I just deployed it and then just as like, well, we'll try this. If it doesn't work, I'm pressuring the ball and it worked. And I got a four plus followed by a four plus, which is a touchdown. And if you can position your guys and you get you can just layer it up so that you do have that stretch play. Keep a gutter runner nine squares from the end zone. Keep that gutter runner there because you've got so much movement that it only takes a couple of good dice 
for you to get that ball away from your opponent. And that's either going to buy you turns or touchdowns. And that wins the game. And yeah. that's my uh, that's my TED talk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> playing and I've got counts. an interesting note. Go it, for it. it just sort of came to my mind just as, as you mentioned that. I think it, it, it's not like tactics based. It's basically my impressions of Skaven, I think, getting into Blood Bowl. I imagine them to be way worse than they are. <laughs> I, just from my knowledge of what, what I knew about them in Warhammer, where they're pretty terrible. Yeah. Like if you had like 11 rats, they're not going to do a lot. But I think from learning the game more and playing out the game with them, they really do feel like Skaven. They and really we've said do. it a few times. I, I think it's one of the teams that most represents what they are. I think that's Skaven. Skaven, Goblins and Orcs, I think, thematically yeah. do absolutely feel like those races. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, you've got the theme. If you played Skaven in the way that Skaven needs to be played, which is sacrifice players and uh, just go for crazy plans, you, you know, you're a grey seer on the sideline yeah. <laughs> having an absolutely great time. And uh, yeah, I'm super... That's why I love the team so much. It's just because it is a, is a constant challenge. And the reason Blood Bowl is amazing is because it is a quantum puzzle. Every single mm -hmm. turn is going to look different. And you do not know what the next turn is going to look like. You can plan and hope that it goes in a certain direction. That's what I mean by playing to your outs. And if it goes, then it just gives you that that little bit of extra EV every single turn. You build up and you, you can eventually break the serve. But it's a quantum puzzle. And Skaven gives you the best ability to react um and just redeploy and just try again and then sacrifice some guys that you don't really care about it's just everybody's everybody is sacrificial and it's just fun to pressure and you end up with big wins or you end up with tough losses and that's that's a really fun way to play and if you lose with a skaven team you've probably had some really cool moments we're like, oh man, if that gutter runner had pulled off that three die up blitz, it would have been amazing, but didn't. But you know, it, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Your opponent's going to be there going, he's actually going to go for the three up blitz here. He's going to jump into that cage. Yeah, he's jumped into that cage. He's going to take the three dice. Ah, oh, skull, that was horrifically close. Or the dream, which is the triple power moment. And I've I've seen it. I've pulled it off and it is just oh. cheeky. Um, it is cheeky but it's the kind of ridiculousness that everyone is on board with like it's like that gutter runner literally just triple powered my ogre and uh, stole the ball like that's just heroic that's just a story and mm -hmm. Blood Bowl is a story Blood Bowl is a puzzle and a story that's why it's such a an all things to everybody game yeah. right that is the team we are going to move on to the inducements and then we'll wrap up a few of the last listener questions so we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back and we're back so blood bowl has got complicated these days uh with the star players the inducements the teams what you can take what you can't take where you can take it so what we're going to do is we're going to look at the crp which is the competitive rules pack the historical naf team list we're going to look at the star players available for that and there's a couple that we need to add which is uh which we're going to swap over to the coach's handbook and have a look at which is creek rust gouger and glart smash rip senior uh, because we want to cover everything so we talked in depth about skaven how they run what you can do you don't need star players for a skaven team but oh my goodness have they got uh, some utility players so let's start at the very top you've got 
Fez Glitch, or Creek Rust Gouger as the Ball and Chain. So we've got Fez Glitch here. He's 100k, movement 4, so movement 4, Ball and Chain, strength 7, edge 3, armor 7, loner, Ball and Chain, disturbing presence, foul appearance, no hands, and secret weapon. So Fez Glitch is basically a plague sensor bearer. Um, but look, 100k, he's got secret weapons, so it's a one use only thing. But movement four, uh, ball and chain is pretty good. That will allow your Skaven team to have some extra bash. What do you think of this guy, Ben? Yeah, I like you say, Skaven has some, have some really good options, but I've seen Fez glitch taken before, and he does good work. Like, if, if you're going for that kind of fun, bashy Skaven list, this guy kind of just adds to that. So, I think it's really cool. I love Fez Glitch. And the reason I love Fez Glitch is because it will help you out in a situation where you're going up against a bash team. Um, it, it's probably not optimal, but if you're playing against uh, elves, it's probably not the best thing. But something like a dwarves or a bashy human team, um, they're going to line up their guys on that line to farm blocks against you. We've already spoken about this. You want to try and keep as many of your guys alive as possible or find a way to even the numbers. And if you put a movement for ball and chain uh, anywhere near their players, that's going to take some attention away from your actual players. Uh, and if he dies, well, sorry, when he dies, either because they've had to deploy several players to get a good block against him or because he gets kicked off at the end of the drive, you've lost a player. So it's 100k for some ball and chain madness but also it is another player um and mm -hmm. that means he lost anything because he's a star player like, you've lost <laughs> nothing he's a star player anyway and he yeah. gets sent off but because he's a star player you've still got 11 players which means you've got that bench and having something that's strength seven for a few turns it, it will really help um i think i think one sorry. of the downsides of him yeah is the fact that he is that secret weapon, and on a Skaven team, you generally want to score very fast, as soon as you can. Yeah, this is, might and not a... be a bad situation for which to uh, deploy him when you are kicking uh, mm -hmm. and force your opponent to either score quicker or just suffer the wrath of a ball and chain. Yeah. Uh, I am a big fan of this guy, and I think uh, I think Fezglitch historically could be taken by Underworld as well, but... Let's have a look at Creek Rust Gouger. The reason we're going to talk about Creek now is because he's kind of superseded Fezglitch. Um, Creek Rust Gouger, the Verminator. Let me see if I can find him on the coach's handbook. Uh, Creek Rust Gouger. Here we go. Skaven and Underworld Denizens. 130k, so a bit more expensive, but movement 5, uh, strength 7, armor 9. And it comes with Mighty Blow and Prehensile Tail. So Ball and Chain Loner, Mighty Blow, No Hands, Prehensile Tail, Secret Weapon. So 30k more for Krieg Rust Gouger, but it's a Movement 5 Ball and Chain. That's quite a big upgrade, to be honest. It, it's huge, and he's got yeah. Mighty Blow as well. Gives him an extra block, so, you know. <laughs> it's an extra block, and that Mighty Blow means that he could just farm through players. That is a best-case mentality kind of situation or thinking. But... Uh, the threat of having somebody make five moves just and just take out players, he, it will put the fear in your opponent. And if you're down 150k, him or a wizard is a tough, tough situation, a tough decision. But Creek, if you're playing against a brawling team, he will he will support you with some murdering. 
yeah. so Fez Glitch and Creek, if you're looking, <laughs> if you're, your TO or your um, commissioner allows both, I have run both and it is great fun. <laughs> Um, it, it was not. It was definitely suboptimal, but it was really, really good fun. Okay, so who have we got next? Let's look at uh, Glart Smash Rip Junior. So this is the old Glart, two hundred ten k seven movement seven strength four edge three armor eight. So he's a strength four blitzer with loner block claw and juggernaut. So. 210k you get a claw piece and and a strength for get a claw piece on a strength four blitzer I, that, that's pretty good it's not bad at all if you need that removal um or you're looking at a tournament build where you need actually you think well oh, i can take a blitzer i can give him claw and i can also take glark smash rip junior and get another bit of claw in there because claw will massively help skaven um, because you will get that extra bit of removal and you'll keep the player numbers a little bit more even. Let's have a quick look at his dad, Glart Smash Rip, who has replaced him. So that's the model that is available from Forge World at the moment, is the Popper Glart. Uh, where are you? Where are you? Okay, so he's Skaven on Underworld as well. 190k, so a bit cheaper. Movement 5, so a lot slower. 5428, so... <laughs> Odd player type. Uh, block, claw, grab, juggernaut, loner, stand firm. So if you are after a block claw piece to put on the line and you want it to be strength four, then Glart Smash Rip Senior for 190k will do that. If you are wanting a cruise missile of a blitzer that can swoop around and target with movement seven using jugs and claw for 230k, then Glart Smash Rip Junior is pretty good i mean I, there's not a lot in it for me ben what do you think to these two um yeah i just you know after talking about like fez glitch and that i just kind of prefer them i i think yeah they, having the third blitzer is good and like we said they're nice to have and having like strength four like it's, it's a good set of skills there's no doubt about it, but that's that's getting to territory where you can start taking some other options, I think. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of options on the Skaven team, and it's interesting. Mm -hmm. We had a couple of questions from listeners saying, do you even need stars on a Skaven team? Yeah. You, don't, you don't need stars, but if you can afford them, oh my goodness. And the first one that really is the difference maker is Hack Flem Shuttle Spike for me, which is covered yes. in the new rules uh, and does have a model. Uh, the photograph on the Forger website is bad. I think the model itself is better in person, but... I've not picked it up. So Hack Flem is 200,000. Uh, movement 9, Strength 3, Agility 4, Armor 7. So this guy is a strength-boosted gutter runner for 200k. I like this already. But that's not it. He comes... <laughs> no, it's not all. Uh, Lona Dodge, Extra Arms, Prehensile Tail, 2 Heads. So Extra Arms and 2 Heads basically makes him Edge 5. So it's a yep. Strength 3, Edge Five gutter runner for 200k this guy is amazing he's bonkers we we touched on him in the underworlds episode didn't we we really and did. oh th this is such a good piece okay like when we were talking about um uh glart before being 190 compared to 200 yeah yeah this I mean... is just a much more attractive package Okay, so this is going to get you your fifth gutter runner. Okay, let's let's just 
start that right off. It's a fifth gutter runner with extra arms at agility four. So he's receiving the ball on a two plus in one tackle zone as well. So yes, he's got loner. So if you need to make that clutch play, you don't get to use the re-roll all the time, but it's going to be a two plus even if there's a tackle zone, even if there's one disturbing presence around. But moreover than that, he's a gutter runner with, a, with strength three. And I cannot stress just how much better that is. If mm -hmm. Hackflem's got it, he is really tough to stop because dodge with two heads. Uh, he's one plus dodging. So, you know, you put a couple of tackle zones on him. He's going to find a way to get out there on a two plus and he's got dodge. And if he has to blitz his way out, it's it, he's with a bit of support. It's two dice. Hack Flem is awesome. Uh, I lost a tournament round hard due to Hack Flem. <laughs> was that the um, was that the double star build of Alpha Wolf? No, it was the um, this was in Bonehead Bowl with the Dark Elf Skaven. Oh, wow. Next. Oh, okay. They took Hackflem, and this guy was just, he just dominated. It, it's its a really underrated star player, Hackflem. I mm -hmm. think it's because the model looks ugly on the Forge World website. Right, okay, I think we need to pick up that model as well and just, just do some investigating. Um, but I'm uh, <laughs> just finding reasons to buy things uh, because Games Workshop won't release anything new. Um, <laughs> right, 200k. If you're down 200k, Hackflem will really support you. You get, you get that fifth gutter runner. If you're running a tournament build, you can drop a gutter runner to replace him with Hackflem. Uh, just, it's not bad. It is not bad at all. Strength three is a is a boon. It just so good. Skaven a tier one, and you've got this guy who can just elf. Just he's a superstar. Just cannot recommend enough. Um, he's in the same price range as Skitter Stab Stab, who is the other really good star player so he's 160k 9247 so normal stats for a gutter runner loner dodge prehensile tail shadowing and stab so definitely not as good as Hackflem, but 160k you get your fifth gutter runner and uh, alpha wolf in uh bonehead bowl on fumble ran both skitter stab stab and Hackflem, and it was just filthy um, was that with all the other gutters as well? I think you had to drop a gutter to fit it in, but that means it's a worthy trade. Yeah, three gutter runners plus Skitter Stamp Stab plus Hack Flem, and these guys being available to Underworld is is so important as well. And that, you're right, Ben. That's what we spoke about because yeah, that goes from one gutter runner then to up to three, and that really will unlock the potential of that. Yep. Now, League is difficult. Using either of these players will massively help you win, but they are going to be doing the winning. And that is not necessarily what you want because gutter runners uh, do not struggle to score by themselves. So if you're in league, then yeah, like Ben said, Fezglitch Creek will do some damage. If you want to take a glance, smash rip, one of them, either one, doesn't really matter to help you with punching, that's great too. That won't detract from what your goal is, which is to score with gutter runners to level them up so that you can score more with your gutter runners so that they can level up more and score more touchdowns with your gutter runners uh, while the rest of your team just try very hard not to die. Um, the glance, the fez glitches will help the rest of your team do a bit of do a bit of murder and not die, uh, but Hackflem and Skitter are going to help you score. And if you go all in like Alpha Wolf did, you could end up with up to six gutter runners. 
and you just cannot stop that at that point. It's just an absolutely all-in scoring offense. Interesting enough, I think Alpha will finish in the top 10, didn't win the tournament, uh, so did lose or at least draw one game, um, which means it isn't it isn't a, a an unbeatable list by any means. But No, it's just <laughs> difficult to play against. You know what? Any one of these stars is great. Yeah. Every single one of these star players is good. Uh, you know, and there's... Uh, ooh, what do we got? We've got two more to go through. So we've got Morgan Thorg. Everyone knows Morg. Uh, 430, 663, 10. 430 is a ton. A ton. That's any two of these other guys. Take two of these other guys. I love Morg, but take two of these other guys. Definitely. Or one on a wizard. Or two on a wizard, probably. Uh, and the last one is Head Splitter, which I thought you might like, Ben, which is a Rat Ogre. So 340k, 6638. So strength 6 Rat Ogre with agility 3, just for the lols. Um, and he has got Lona Frenzy, Mighty Blow, Prehensile Tail, and the best skill available to a big guy, a complete and utter lack of negatrait. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. yeah. So strength 6, Frenzy, Mighty Blow. No, I don't think I've seen this star player before. Oh, head split is wicked, man. Yeah, this is unfortunately uh, for 360k you can get Hack Flemings and Skitter, but it, yeah. it, if you want to go a murder in, then a double Ratoga build with head splitter and a standard Ratoga would be really fun. Uh, that would look really cool. Yeah, if you want to just buy someone to have a brawl head splitters there he's not going to help you win the game but he's going to help you do some murdering if that's what you want to do then you can do it and you know what with skaven your gutter runner core supported by a thrower can score they're good to go like don't worry about it you can find a way to score with that group of players so if you want to spend that money you're down um then head splitter is going to give a challenge to your opponent and that's not bad is if you've got a standard 1 million Skaven team, you're not missing anything. You're just adding something tasty. And Head Splitter will allow you to do some removal, some to pile on some strength without taking can, away from what you're normally trying to do. You can even carry the ball, like, if you really want. Well, yeah. I mean, Ash 3 is great, and he's got no yeah. uh, no negatrates apart from Lona. Uh, if you try and blitz your way out of something with Frenzy, you could end up in trouble, but... To be honest with you, putting him on the line at strength six with prehensile tail, he's just a hench croxagore with an anger problem. And, and yeah. that, you know, you, you, croxagores are great. So this guy is really, really, really cool. Probably not the top tier choice, but that's because every single star player available to Skaven is worth taking. Yes. However, let's look at that question that Ian Triplo asked, which is, would you rather take a wizard? So Ben, wizard versus star player for Skaven. What do you think? Go. No. I would take the star player. I would take the wizard. Really? Yeah, because it's really, really, really good fun blitzing people, blitzing a ball carrier with a gutter runner, but it's way easier to zap them with a lightning bolt or nuke them with a fireball uh, because it's just going to open up that blitz. It's going it, to, if it goes well, the ball's going to be loose and then you can just run in with a gutter runner and get it. Uh, I think 150k. Honestly, honestly, if you if the wizard goes right, what it feels like with Skaven is it feels like you just receive the ball an extra time, um, and that is huge. And it's 150k. So if you only have 150k, it's it's that 
or Fezglitch or, or Creek, right? 160k Skitter. So if you take and take Skitter or a Wizard, it depends on the rest of your team. I think if you've got a full lineup, so if you're facing humans, orcs, chaos, whatever, at a hundred at, at one point one five million, yeah? Mm-hmm. 1.16. You could take Skitter in a league and you're probably gonna win. Uh, but you're likely to have a good brawl anyway, and that I don't know. I, I am I okay. probably overvalue the wizard, but that's because I find that the wizard, when playing with Skaven, enables the rest of my team uh, to do what it wants to do. But you're probably right. You, having the extra player is probably better. I'll tell you where I am. Yeah. I at two hundred when you can afford uh, Hackflem. Yeah. That. No brainer, Hackflem all the way, all the way. At one sixty, when you can afford either uh, uh, Skitter or a Wizard. Skitter. Sorry, all the names. It's all these uh, <laughs> yeah. Skaven names. It's always <laughs> the yeah. same thing. Um, yeah, Skitter or the Wizard. Then I, I would be, I mean, an erring, but it's always the thing with the Wizard. It's only ever let me down. I think uh. having an extra player all the time is just you wouldn't get in a situation where you need to use the wizard and sometimes use that wizard and it rolls a one and it sucks so the tiebreaker for me is that the the team that skaven have the toughest time against is dwarves um they Mm -hmm. could grind they've got tackle to take out your gutters and they can cage up and it's really tough to break a cage when you've only got a few players and that that can strike and those are generally uh, having to overstretch um, and go for a negative block against dwarves, which is tough. Fireball versus dwarf cage takes away that vulnerability, will open it up, and uh, you should be able to get a better blitz, or you might just even pop the ball out. Uh, so I think that's probably why I overvalue the, the wizard for Skaven, because against every other team, you're in a fair fight. If you're against a slow, brawly, cagey team, the wizard gives you the opportunity to just have a free die roll to see if you can pop that ball out yeah it doesn't always work but if it works you're winning and i think i think that's probably why i overvalue it because the only team i've ever had a tough time against with skaven is dwarves um otherwise my losses are just generally high scoring games so my biggest loss was in the final against lewis inappropriate lewis um good guy lewis sorry it's probably the (laughs) the better way uh but he he we i think it was like a 3-2 in the final against his lisbon team and um that was a shootout that could have gone either way you know i i I played against milton's orcs to get there that was a shootout and that could have gone either way you know we're playing some good offense some good tactics against dwarves it's tough it's really tough to get that defensive turnover and the wizard really helps you do it because you just roll a load of dice and remove a couple of their dwarves um and, and when you're just playing playing but, into the theme even more having the dwarves the ones to take out the scale you know? yeah i know the under city <laughs> ball absolutely so that wraps up the inducements for skaven yeah you can take a giant but you don't want to take a giant because 400k you get so much we'll just split it halfway Ben. at 400k you take hack for them and a wizard and just just, just win yeah, <laughs> so there's a couple of other questions um We'll come back to that one. Uh, Robert Williams Day says, Rat Ogre is a curse. As soon as you add one to the team, the team will fall apart. Uh, also, the right number of gutter runners is four. So the thing there about the Rat Ogre being cursed, 
he says as soon as you add one to your roster the team will fall it might feel that way because you are going from probably 1100 1150 tv straight up to 300 they're expensive yeah. and adding a big guy of that value is going to take you up a significant amount and basically it comes with the tax of if you take a rat ogre on an already developed team your opponent gets a free wizard every game uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that is a tough road to hoe. If you're in a variable league format um, where the team values are widely rejigged, giving a lot of inducements away when you're playing a Skaven team, it, you are better fighting up with Skaven than you are fighting down, um, because your players bloat and you end up with not a lot of players and if they can take a chainsaw maybe two chainsaws maybe two chainsaws and a wizard you know it, it, you're going to lose more players and then you're going to end up with six skaven on the pitch and it just you start sweating at that point <laughs> um what else have we got here uh yeah ashley rogers says do skaven ever really need stars if so which um he said i was thinking more specifically whether in a tournament format say 1.1 million would you go for them over runners rat ogres or rerolls i see them rarely used in tournaments maybe because runners are stars by themselves well you know what actually i think that is basically sums up what we what we said man yeah yeah honestly yeah um if your team is full of star players anyway you don't need them. Um, in Triplo, should you take a wizard? We've covered that as well, which is cool. Uh, Stuart Shelley says, I want to know what happened to my candidacy to join the Council of 13. Who does a rat have to surrep <laughs> surreptitiously drown in a canal around here to get the bribe package into the right claws? Uh, I can't really answer that on the air because uh, I'd be in danger. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and then we've got two absolute doozies of a question here we've got one from benny bartes and stephen loud uh, that says the role of skaven in underworld rosters so i think uh underworld now we've got the new gutter world roster um deserves an episode of its own but what i would say is that everything we've said here really applies your blitzers can hurt or they can support your line rats can do anything you want them to do, but they might catch fire and die. Uh, throwers are great. They do an okay job of helping your gutter runners and being gutter runners at a pinch, and your gutter runners can just be amazing. But if you only had one of each on a team, I would probably say your blitzer kills things. Your thrower enables the rest of your team by being the ball manager. The gutter runner does the scoring, um, and your rest of your line rats just fill in as far as underworld yeah. goes yeah um, they do play slightly differently um not quite the same sort of canon that they are in yeah Skaven. really interesting one um but then i like skaven because you get four gutters and you get four opportunities to develop individual stars uh having just one on a team they already are the star player of that team the gutter runner and you and i saw that when we played our games with the gutter uh with the gutter world roster <laughs> um well oh, yeah, you know, until, teammate, yeah. <laughs> until mine got caught a goblin in his skull uh that was absolutely Which brutal um and this is the coolest question we have which was from manifested miniatures said uh any thoughts on skaven centered game modes and clan teams uh so there are a bunch of skaven rosters in the secret league there's uh basically one team for each of the clans so scryer molder um eshin uh pestilence and more is it the 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 storm vermin one? Oh, anyway yeah i always forget that one so 
those teams are really cool. You can check them out. They they play differently. Um, I don't know enough about them from playing them. I played against the Pestilence one, and uh, I think I actually managed to win with my Chaos Halflings. That was a fun, horrible build with a couple of ball and chains without secret weapon. So they do some serious damage. Um, there's two things I want to say about this. I love the idea of having limited themed leagues. I'm doing it with zombies at the moment, and actually having a Skaven league would be sweet using secret teams. But secondly, Skaven are probably the team that is the most primed to have uh, themed or alternate rosters. I uh, don't know what you think about this, Ben, but look at the Skaven roster. If you swapped, even if all you did was swap the amount of blitzers you were allowed with the amount of gutter runners you were allowed, that would be a massively different team. Definitely. 100% it would really play into the bash. Then, yeah. you know, you could take the Rat Ogre build without probably. feeling like you're missing anything yeah uh, and i think that's what i'd love to see games workshop do i know it would upset a whole load of people but actually having a eshin skaven roster with no blitzers no rat ogres but up to six gutter runners or something like that and then having a clan moors one where there's no gutter runners but you can have up to four blitzers or having a uh what's the beast one the beast team the beast Clan. Yeah, that Molder, uh, Molder. You know, right. again, probably oh, no gutter runners, but you get money, many rat ogres or something like that. This is the biggest opportunity for Games Workshop to use the same miniatures, the same rules, change up the player quantities, and have a new team immediately. They did a cool thing with OWA, but actually, just having alternate rosters. Uh, would be really interesting and we should probably try that on fumble you know i'd be well up for a skaven league where we just change the the rosters in fact guys out there listening if you're still listening after two hours of skaven nonsense uh let us know your thoughts on some teams that you could rejig um the quantities and the positionals to come up with a variable format i think i think that'd be really cool i think that would be really yeah. really really cool definitely give that a go you know i've got my uh still got my pirates to finish up so being able to rejig those around would be awesome i've got richard's pirates now as well so i've uh... oh, yeah perfect <laughs> um yeah tabletop. yeah absolutely cool uh ben i think that wraps it up for everything i needed to say about skaven and everything we had question wise uh i think we've covered now Not a lot then <laughs> yeah i know i know anything you wanted to add on skaven before we wrap up for episode 48 uh no, I just think they're one of the, uh, just in summary, I just think they're one of the funniest sort of races in Warhammer lore. And I think in Blood Bowl, they only play into that. Yeah. While also being a serious threat. And I think that's why I like them, because you can take such a silly team and still do really well with it. It's thematic, it's fragile, uh, but it is a challenge. It is a challenge. And it's, you know, I would probably rank Skaven the third best team in the game. And I think that's behind. Uh, behind Dark Elves and Wood Elves. Yeah. yeah, I think they've just got more goodness. Uh, whereas Skaven have got plenty of goodness, but they're fragile. They can lose games. You can beat a Skaven team. It's going to be a tough game, but you can beat a Skaven team with any team. Um, it's, yeah. it's probably the, the best team that you know you can beat before it gets like, ugh, what else? I'm going to lose this game. <laughs> I hope it doesn't take long. At Skaven, it's like, ooh, I could lose this game, but I might not. It's just, I'd like that. And a Skaven versus Skaven match. Oh, now you're talking. Um, that's just my kind of blood bowl at that point. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely love it. Okay, so that will be all for episode 48. Join us again in a couple of weeks' time for episode 49, where we are going to be talking through uh, your wizard and spell ideas, along with a second segment that I'm not sure we've agreed yet. So something else uh, so uh, yes I think by the time this podcast airs it is the last day you can get your spell ideas into us so that gives me and Ben a little chance to read through what well, we had 60 pages of uh, big guys before yeah the, the spells this are, one... are looking up there it's so yeah, cool yeah I was going to say yeah. It, it's so 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 cool um, so yeah join us for that and then it's going to be episode 50 uh, so it would be very lovely if Snotlings landed for episode 50 otherwise uh, we'll come up with some cool stuff to do because 50 episodes is pretty sweet that's quite a good milestone yeah uh, it's not 100 but we'll yeah. get there in a couple of years so that's uh, that's pretty cool right Ben thank you ever so much for chatting rats um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I really loved it. Uh, it was wicked. Yeah, and um, yeah, lovely rat. I'm pretty sure on the YouTube channel there's a load of games of me actually playing uh, Skaven. So if you want to see how Skaven can be played, um, join that. Have a look at our YouTube, or just come and join me on stream sometimes. Talking about stream, hopefully for the next few weeks, uh, Sundays and Tuesday streams should be back to normal. I'm going to try and drag these boys on if I can and get some hobby done. I've been really enjoying the the hobby hangout on the Sunday night. Oh, it's great fun. It's yeah. really good fun. It, it's really cool, and it's nice to see all the all the people watching just joining in and painting along and asking questions. It's it's really cool, really cool. Um, yeah. So yeah. So everybody out there, thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for participating. Thank you very much for loving Blood Bowl, and uh, we will see you in a couple of weeks. Ben, see you for now. Bye bye. See you guys.